Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. to Daylight Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. You can find me on uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Todd from PA. That's at Todd with one D from PA. And today is a very, very special day for the Run to Daylight Podcast. The hard way to draft is about 29 minutes from starting. We're going to be joined by a lot of the members of the league as we did last year. Right now, I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, Nelson Souza. You can find him at the underscore franchise on Twitter, multiple times high stakes winner, and uh, uh, just a guy when he gets in a draft with Mark and I. Hi, Nelson. How's it going, Todd? Good, good. It's great to have you on on, on the pod. Um, you know, we kid each other, but nothing but respect for everything you've accomplished in this uh, in this space. And uh, anyone who thinks you're not the favorite, along with Hubbard and maybe Austin, and well, and maybe Ron, and well, anyway, uh, a lot of good people in the draft, and you are the primo of that. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate that, Todd. You know, again, I uh, I love talking trash with the best of them, so uh, that's exactly what it is. Um, you you might actually be better at talking trash than fantasy football. Uh, I'm way I'm way better at trash talker than I am at fantasy football. <laughs> we're we're also joined right now by uh, my regular partner during the. Uh, NFL season for um, DFS. You can find him at High Low FF. Mark Garcia joins us. Mark, welcome back. Thanks, man. Good to be back. I thought you were introducing me when you said Man, Myth, and Legend. Uh, a bit surprised by that. Yeah, uh, my computer is doing wacky things right now. Uh, <laughs> can one of you uh, can one of you just ping Ron and tell him? Uh, he said no chat room. Um, yeah, uh, Ron, this is the chat room. So if you uh, want to talk trash, you can do it to our faces and not on a keyboard like a little, you know, like you normally do. So, um, I, I, and I kid Ron, but Ron is the defending champion as I, uh, you know, crapped the bed the last day with getting – you know, 12 points out of Diggs, Fuller, and Coleman. 
But to be fair, Ron and Noah Rudell, who partners with Evan Silva in this league, they were the one and two teams during the regular season. One of the key things that I think we, you know, is is really interesting about this season, last season, Nelson, was the fact that the difference between, you know, first and second and last place, you know, going into that last weekend, anyone had a chance to, to get any position pretty much. It was one of the more even fantasy football leagues I've ever, ever seen. Um, would you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we actually thought that we had a shot uh, the final two weeks to actually sneak into the playoffs. Um, so it, it was definitely a pretty even uh, league. Yeah, and the the way this came about was, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, uh, but basically what happened was that we ended up talking so much trash, we decided to take it to a league. And, man, I do not know why I am having so much trouble getting in our group chat. Okay, there we go. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it was it was very close. And so what happened basically, and I'm sorry I got distracted, guys, uh, with my computer, but basically what ended up happening was the trash talking led to a league and it led to a chat room that many of us are still part of. And it led to a, a, a lot of further competition. People might wonder why I'm doing 25 fantasy football leagues. It's because of, you know, wanting to compete with you guys. So the basic layout of this league is it is, Team Seven of the teams are high-stakes guys who, other than Nelson, really pretty much no one knew, right? They, they, you know, they they kind of toil in obscurity because they don't seek to be known. They, the, you know, and the five analysts, we call ourselves analysts, but each one of us, none of us are the big-name analysts other than the fact that Evan Silva is partnering with Noah the us five the other five teams are middle grade analysts who all feel like we're as good at fantasy football as the pros and the pros feel like they're as good you know they're kind of underappreciated because they don't seek their own glory so it turned into a league that I coined the name for the hard way because it's part of the 350 championship the football guys championship and if you're going to win the five hundred thousand dollars competing against seven of the best high stakes players and five of the best analysts who think that they're great players you know we even talk about it in chat nelson this is if you're trying to win the football guys championship in the 500,000 up top, this isn't the best way to do it. No, it's, it's not. It, it's really more for uh, bragging rights. I think because when you have, you know, when you have 12 guys enter a league and they're all kind of trying to make a name for themselves, or they're trying to prove out to prove something. 
then what ends up happening is you're, you're just you're competing with each other, and you're possibly really grinding the waiver wire. You're possibly blocking people in in the draft. Uh, you're going to reach for guys where in a softer draft you you might be able to construct a team that's a little bit uh, stronger top to bottom. So this is not really the the draft or the league that um, you know I would expect the uh, the 500k winner to come out of. Yeah, um, I agree. It's uh, but it, it 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 but it is part of the tournament. And how much bragging rights, Mark, would any of us, whether it be one of the pros or one of the analysts, if we could pull off a deep run in the football guys tournament? Yeah, bragging rights and kind of the exposure that's going to come with that because everyone's kind of, there's a lot more eyes on this draft than anywhere else really and on the FFCC football guys. Uh, so it's, it's definitely an interesting aspect of this draft. You know, we, all type A guys who are duking it out. It's, it's pretty fun to be a part of. Yeah. The, the, ch- the chat, especially with Nelson and myself, uh, a lot of times it, all in good fun gets pretty heated uh, because we are, you know, we just can't turn that competitive juice off and let it go. We also are welcoming to the show. He wasn't the last place finisher last year, but he's always last in our hearts because he always drafts 12th. Dan Williamson, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's the caboose. <laughs> yes, yes. How uh, you doing, I, Dan? I drew the 12th, 12th spot twice in a row. Uh, so I'm looking forward to next year when uh, when they, Alex pays me off and uh, gives me the number one spot. But, uh, yeah, uh, I really don't mind drafting from the 12th spot. There's a lot of diff- different things you can do from there. Um, I'm having some fun with it and, uh, you know, having some fun with the people I'm, I'm stacked up against in the back half of the round, which, by the way, are the tougher people in this actual draft. Uh, I think the first half of the round is a little bit soft. So, uh, you know, those people in the first half of the round, I, you know, they're, they're going to have kind of a cakewalk. Us, us people in the back half, we're going to have to battle a little bit. So I'm, I'm uh, going to see how it turns Nelson, out. Nelson, do you, do you want to respond to that, Nelson? <laughs> no, I'm enjoying the commentary, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, my my brand is being fair, right? Like technically, you know, like if I had to boil down my brand into a couple uh, nuggets, uh, you know, I try and be fair, and you know, the guys who are have the biggest. Um, history of success and fantasy, you know, proven palpable um, fantasy are in the front of this draft. And we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, uh, we'll but I, I would just like to point out that the number one and number two place finishes in this draft last year came from the back half of the draft. Uh, They're in actually the number 10 and 11 spots. So, you know. Oh, is Ron number 11? And uh, yes. We decided that we were going to try to challenge ourselves, and instead of taking CMC, we were going to take Sa- Saquon uh, <laughs> in this draft, which actually Saquon last year was on my fade list. So um, that was purposely done. <laughs> it's true. Got and it. that's another big change over last year. 
was that, uh, you know, we have had one change in ownership. And it kind of worked out perfectly because last year, originally, Nelson and his partner at that time, longtime partner, um, Dave Hubbard, were uh, partnered, were forced to partner because uh, they didn't want to be any thoughts of collusion or whatever, which kind of was ridiculous. And we went out and got Jeremy and his partner. And then Jeremy has gone to parts unknown. And so it worked out perfectly that we were able to split up Nelson and David this year. And um, so that's, uh, that's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting DM'd a lot. That's an interesting thing. Um, Dan, do you, do you have the draft order in front of you? I do. Yes. Would you mind reading that off while I answer some uh, some things? Yeah, Maybe absolutely. try and call Crack Rock. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so uh, to start with, we've got uh, Fantasy Mojo in the number one spot, and then we have uh, Nelson in the number two, and Austin Martin, a recent winner of the Playoff Challenge, in the number three spot. Um, studs and Suds, I believe that is uh, that is – um, tree huggers and uh, Kirk Keeks in the number four spot, and then we have Triple H versus something. Uh, that's that's Dave. Okay, that's Dave. Yep. Okay, and then um, let's see. We have uh, Crack Rock in the six. Uh, we have Hilo in the seven. Todd in the eight. Um, the other Todd with one D and the nine, because we never can seem to split up our Todds. Um, number 10 is going to be, uh, that's going to be, uh, Noah and Evan Silva and number 11, uh, the non sheeple rankings of one, two packer, Ron Meyer, and then bringing up the rear, the overhyped sweeper himself, me. Yep. That is the overhyped sleeper. And uh, I appreciate you doing that. So um, I did not get a chance to call Crack Rock. Um, he has not. I can responded. still filibuster, Todd. I mean, you know. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, keep, keep going. Keep going. Me, uh, no. So I. Me and uh, Nelson can just chat for a while. You know, it's fine. I've got like you know. I think the most impressive thing about my draft last year wasn't throwing Derrick Henry out at 2-2. I think the most impressive thing was that I I ran the podcast, and I think we had like seven people on last year. And it I drafted while doing that and still came in. Uh, you know, I didn't finish in second uh, in the regular season, but I did win my playoff game and, and lost in the finals. So that might be the most impressive thing about my draft was the fact that I, you know, was able to balance all this stuff. I, and, I, and, and it's, you know, there's, there's what you think your reality is, right? And then there's your reality. I, I always felt like, you know, I could, I was ready to handle this better this year. And I'm already like, I feel like I'm, I'm juggling like a maniac. Uh, we are also now joined. Please leave me a message. Oh, we are not joined by Crack Rock. Close. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Crack, we got your answering machine. All right, so Crack, um, we'll, we'll try him back later, maybe once the draft starts. 
we might be joined later by Fantasy Mojo, but if any of the other guys feel like chipping in, they can. Uh, one other change from last year, Dan mentioned that uh, the Fantasy Fool, one of the Todds, he he uh, he couldn't hack it on his own, so he went out and got like one of the tight, the toughest pros in in the in the world. You know, one of the few guys that when I see in a draft board, I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, Kurt Kooks. Um, anyway, so uh, he, he's uh, he is now uh, he's now. Um, in the he's being baptized well. into the hardos here, so um, yeah, you know. yeah. He, the hard way definitely got even harder, and uh, you know, and that, and we, 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 you know, we don't even talk about Evan that much, you know. But that's another layer of hard that that's going into this, and we're, we're real, we're we're glad that Evan is part of this as well. So um, that's what it's going to be. We're 14 minutes away from the draft. Um, and one of the things I w- wanted to bring up was the fact that last year, because of the way this all came together, none of the analysts really knew who the pros were on, who, you know, some of their favorite players. This year, we've been in a lot of drafts together already in the Football Guys Championship. There's going to be a lot less surprises, I think, this year than last year. Nelson? Um, I, I think pretty much, you know, when you're drafting with the same guys, you're going to, all the drafts start looking the same guys kind of figure out, okay, if, you know, I like player X, the player Z, you know, I got to take him, you know, this round because, you know, so-and-so guy, you know, likes that player. So, you know, it, it kind of gets, it's one of those things that, um, it, it can work for a confined league, but like, like I said, I, you know, when you're doing a tournament, it's not uh, it's not the funnest league to try to uh, stack a team, uh, and you know, with the eye towards winning that overall prize. Yeah, Mark, I, I, I kind of feel like one of the things to look out for in this draft is the fact that. The, the 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 guys that we all know we like, you know, are they going to go earlier uh, than even that they've already been driven up? You know, when a guy gets popular, he gets driven up. Uh, but all the more, Mark, wouldn't you think with us knowing each other so well and wanting to, to, to really make sure this league is one that we do well in, that you go get your guys even earlier? Do you expect that to be a possibility? I think yes and no. I think it could go both ways because uh, you're only going to really reach for your guy to a certain extent, especially in the top heavy rounds. But uh, that'll be an interesting layer to tonight and seeing how it kind of plays out. Yeah. What, what, yeah what's uh, going to be even more interesting, I think, is uh, who who you think you might be able to safely let drop through and uh, have some expectation that they might make it back to you. Um, you know, yeah. To me, that's that's the really interesting part of this draft. Yep, and I would say also that uh, last year, if you remember, what ends up happening in drafts like this a lot of times is guys who normally you don't even have to consider. You know, we talk about Nelson's fade list. He's famous for his fade list. 
but most of us fade guys, not because we're just completely off them. It's just that they always go before we would consider them. And what happened to crack and he ended up last in the league. If memory serves, he was, he just kept getting on the board when there was no one there except guys who had dropped further than they normally do. And to me, there's nothing worse than drafting when that happens, uh, uh, Dan Williamson, that when, you know, you're on the board and now you're staring at two guys that you normally fade because they're not values. You didn't expect them to be there. They're sitting there and a couple guys that you really liked aren't sitting there. Right. And that's, that's where you need to have uh, kind of a backup plan in place. Uh, you know, and you need to really be solid on, uh, you know, what's the earliest I'm going to take certain players. And, you know, just because those players might be at the top of the, you know, the queue or the top of the ADP, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you, you want to take them there. Um, I think you have to stick with uh, your guns and say, you know what, if I think this guy is not a value until the eighth round, uh, even though he normally goes in the fifth round, and here I am in the seventh round, and he's still there, and I don't really like anybody, you're still probably going to have to find somebody you like better than that guy if you think he's an eighth rounder. Uh, I agree. Uh, Nelson, you know, this year has been a very unusual year, no mini camps, uh, much less player news, uh, and, and you kind of touched on it a couple minutes ago. A lot more, the board has, the boards have been almost, it's almost boring now to draft a little bit because it's, uh, it's almost by rote that you know where everyone's basically going to be. And it's hard to differentiate yourself like that. Uh, How has the lack of NFL news due to coronavirus affected this year in your mind? Oh, it's definitely affected it because in prior years, what you have is when you, you got guys, you know, at OTAs and you got the beat reporters um, there at practices and, you know, snapping pictures of a guy with his shirt off and he looks like he's in, you know, really good shape, which, you know, should be every, you know, NFL player uh, for the most part. Um, And talking about, you know, Hey, you know, I was talking to the coach here and, the assistant coach said, you know, this guy's going to be in for a big year and he's going to play full snaps. And you know, it, it's all things that most guys should already, you know, have that already built in and considered, you know, in their rankings. But what ends up happening is just it, it becomes this, like, hunt, um surrounding those particular players. It gets posted on Twitter. It goes on you know, uh, a couple of different websites and like your, you know, Roto World and, and places like that. And people read it and they just, you know, they just eat it up. And what happens is those guys move up. And then in turn, you have players that move down. So that is constant throughout the summer. And we're constantly drafting throughout the summer. So that's where, you know, each draft, you know, changes with different news that comes out. This year, it's been a lot more quieter. There, there hasn't been, you know, any much news coming out because there's been no, you know, practicing. Um, I do expect, you know, as soon as teams report, you know, to camp, um, whatever is going to be the allowance uh, or the guidelines for, you know, the beat reporters, I doubt they're going to be able to, 
you know, be on hand, but they might do some, you know, virtual interviews and, and things like that. Um, I do expect them, you know, to, once that news comes out and they report, you know, that, you know, talk to the coach and this player is looking good and, and so-and-so, I think you'll start seeing some movement in the drafts. But, you know, right now it's pretty vanilla. Well, two things I'm thinking right now, and I don't know what to do about it. Um, this draft was set up a few weeks ago. We don't have a commissioner right now. Um, no, don't, don't you normally see a commissioner kind of jump in and um, do his thing uh, by now? Um, yeah. Does anyone yeah, kind of know how to get a hold of uh, Gerzak or uh, Balky and, you know, let them know what's going on? Because, um, uh, you know, I don't have any special way to get them. Yeah, give me one second. I expect there's somebody in here, but no. I mean, if you go, if you look at the draft room, mm-hmm. normally by now you see you've already seen that. You know, hi, my name is Justin. I'm going to be your commissioner tonight if you right. have any problems. And we're not seeing that, so um, I, you know, I was worried. I just heard from Crack. Crack is uh, uh, Crack. I I can call him in a couple minutes. Uh, Dan, talk for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think I think what's going to be interesting in this draft is uh, how people handle the first few rounds and uh, where they where they set their teams from there. Uh, you know, my my advantage and and possibly disadvantage is I have not done a lot of football guys drafting uh, so far this year. I'm saving mine for a little bit later in the year, uh, unlike last year where I did a little bit more early. But I think that that kind of cuts both ways. That uh, you know, the nice thing is there's been a lot of draft boards posted, so I have some pretty good intel on uh, what other people in this draft are likely to do. Uh, but I haven't posted a lot of drafts, so hopefully I'm a little bit more of a black box to them. But uh, I also know that I have enough drafts out there that if and I, I put enough stuff out there on Twitter, if people are really uh, interested in knowing what I'm going to do, they're going to be able to figure it out. So, um, all right, we 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 do have a commissioner. Justin just popped in, so that's good. And uh, let's see, I got I'm going to write down his phone number just in case. So uh, I'm going to call Crack in a bit. I've heard from him. I was concerned that he wasn't uh, ready, and he is. So um, it's going to be fun. If any of the other guys want to get in on the draft and call in later in the draft, um, this is a two-hour podcast, so we will podcast till exactly 10.30 live, whether we stay on that long or the draft goes further. If it does, we will lose the feed, but you'd be able to listen back after the draft. Uh, Mark, one thing that I think I want to talk about with the last couple minutes, we're about three minutes away from the draft, is the fact of strategies. You know, us being uh, strategists uh, and analysts, we post on Twitter our strategies. Uh, You've been famous for uh, uh, talking about a strategy this year, which I won't mention um, 
this draft is it a strategy draft? Do you make it? Do you make your mark with the strategy, or do you just play the board? Yes. <laughs> it, this draft depends. It depends on so many outside factors other than what you're trying to do on a normal draft. Normal draft on football guys, you know, you might be mixing exposure. Uh, you might try something new, go different ways to balance your exposure. But this draft is a little bit different in the sense that we're really fighting not only to be good, but not to suck as well. Yep. Well, that hello was the infamous fourth in the Football Guys Championship last year. <laughs> I think you were fourth in overall, right, Crack? Well, I, w- I was going for the uh, the playoffs at the end and uh, fell short and ended up losing. No, uh, I'm I'm not talking about our league. Uh, weren't didn't you have one team coming fourth last year? Was that oh, the main event oh. or was that oh, football yeah. guys? Yeah, yeah, the main event actually I came in uh, third. Oh wow! How much was that worth? Uh, Thirty-five. Big ones. That 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 will pay for a lot of fantasy teams. Yeah, and, and the weird thing was, um, I, I had I actually had a shot because I, I had her cousins that night. If you remember, it was a Monday night. It went down until last night, so I had the outlier, her cousins, and there was a play in the first half where they did a throwback pass to him like Tom Brady, and he was going to go 70 yards. He was wide open for the touchdown, and uh, he dropped it. Yeah, sad way I remember that. <laughs> I, uh, I I had one of those it's very similar in uh, DFS. I could have won 100 grand. I had Chris Thompson at less than 1%, um, and he had already had 25 points. It was right before halftime. And there was a pass over. I, I ended up coming in like sixth, and there was a pass right over the middle. And he did one of those look to see what was ahead of him and dropped the pass. If he had just caught it and fell down, I would have went from like five grand to ten grand. If he, but he had a wide open field, and if he had caught it, I would have won a hundred grand. Um, and th- those are the things you just never forget. Um, and people are like, well, you should be happy you won five grand. I'm like, yeah, but a hundred. He dropped the no. ball. And, and, then, yeah. and then the coach didn't play him hardly at all the second half. All right, we're off and running. And wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Nelson. All right. Let's whoa, go. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Nelson lied to Twitter. He oh, my God. Fires he, he's riding Dak's coattails. At 1-2, Christian McCaffrey to Fantasy Mojo at 1-1. Nelson, was that a mistake? Uh, Are we going to have to pause the draft? Yeah, misclick, pause. No, that wasn't a mistake. Can can we wait a couple rounds before we pause it? (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. He's going with the COVID COVID diagnosis there. Yes. I know you're friendly with uh, Austin, but gifting him Barkley in the three – not fair. Somebody, somebody yeah, give Nelson fair. a nasal swab there. We need the brain swab. <laughs> I thought I, I wasn't Zeke on your fade list. Zeke, no. 
Okay, you guys, if you could turn your your that you're on the clock thing down because okay. if, like every 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 pick. All right, so Alvin Kamara ended up going fourth, and um, let's see. I had my list of who picks when, because I don't know these names that people go with. Uh, Todd, that's Scoundrel, right? Scoundrel is yeah. That's uh, that's the other Todd. Yep. Uh, well, there's three wow. Todds in this league, yeah, and little. I gr- I grew up with um, I grew up in a town where there was only you know like grades one to six there was only one Todd. Period. I think I I ran into like five Todds with one D in my life, and we got two in this league. Um, all right, so uh, Miles Sanders, not too surprising. Uh, his meteoric rise continues. Um, we can debate that another time. Uh, that goes to Triple H, Dave Hubbard. And then at 1-6, possibly ruining um, Hilo's day, is the fact that Michael Thomas went at 1-6. Mark, um, you're on the clock. We I. Mark went with Travis Kelsey. Mark, if uh, if Michael Thomas was there, would he have been the pick? Hundred percent. Nice. All right. So um, I was right, and uh, Mark pivoted to Mr. Kelsey, leaving me a guy I thought I would get. Last year, I made a ton of noise taking uh, Derek Henry at 2-2. This year, I pass on him at 1-8 for Kenyon Drake. Thoughts on that, Nelson Souza? Uh, Kenyon Drake is a, is a favorite of mine, and I like his uh, schedule this year. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think that's a very good pick. I don't... Uh, I don't think it's really a reach. It's not. He goes in this range, but um, yeah. my, my, you know, to to people who haven't been following these, who see Kenya, you, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I didn't mean that I'm like doing anything surprising. I I've just got Kenyon Drake um, at the one eight. Um, I mean, Dalvin Cook would have been a reasonable pick at one eight, and he went one ten to Noah and Evan, and I'm sure they're very, very pleased about that. Um, you know, the, th- the threat of him holding out most likely is not going to happen. And them getting Dalvin Cook at 110, I am sure that Evan and Noah are very happy about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, w- what I worry about more with, um, with Cook this year you know, is the fact that Madison is there and his role might grow. And um, your thoughts on that crack rock. Uh, what do you think about Dalvin Cook this year? Uh, look, it's uh, – I actually uh, – not to, to be a, a brag here, but I, I do know the uh, – the Viking Viking owners and um, they're they're quite they're quite upset, but they said they're going to get him in. So uh, look, it's it's tough because you know it's a first round pick. I mean, the same thing happened last year with me with Melvin Gordon. So uh, 
you know, no one wants to, to have a first-round pick and then he misses four games and he comes back and you don't know when to play him. It's a, it's a disaster. Uh, and then you got to spend what round on Madison. Uh, so there's another so-called, you know, you're going to have to pay up for him in seven, eight, or whatever it is to, to guard. So you're almost wasting two 10-round picks uh, on, on one player. Not, not the best. No, no surprise the uh, Packer fan goes with uh, Devontae Adams there in the second round. Oh, yeah, I'm coming up again here. I, 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 I'm kind of shocked you, you, you passed on Derrick Henry. <laughs> right? Yeah, Kenny Drake's got to be a little bit of a reach for uh, Todd there. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously the upside in the PPR category with Kenyon Drake is there, but from uh, just a pure number standpoint, uh, you know, Henry is just so solid uh, with the 20 carries a game. So, uh, hey, good luck. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, the uh, the wide receivers are running here, and Todd is up. I can make a pretty strong position or prediction of who he's not going to go with. Yes, and and who would that not be? And there he goes, <laughs> yep. Mister. He took Mr. Chubb there, um, which I think is a solid pick at that point. Uh, Sorry, you know, you... guys. Uh, my mic got muted, and mm-hmm. I thought I had unmuted it. So basically <laughs> what happened was I got sniped at 2-4. Um, I was going to go with Julio there. Um, you bastard. I've got, I, I've got some uh, – I, I do already have a Drake Hopkins team, so I don't feel the need to do that here. Um, Nick Chubb is a guy who has some warnings with uh, Kareem Hunt in town, but uh, we saw what a good running back could do in a Stefanski offense last year. And um, I don't have a ton of Chubb this year, so I I decided to to go there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's off the board. All right. So let me catch us up because we really do have an off the board pick now. Uh, Mixon at 11 to Ron Meyer. Dan went with Kittle and Eckler. Uh, interesting combo, leaving Devontae Adams to Ron. A Mixon-Adams start for Ron is really good. Um, Tyreek Hill went with, um, went with to Noah, Noah, and Evan. And, Noah and Evan. And uh, I think they have a great start. And then uh, Julio went to Scoundrel. I took Chubb and Hilo. Making the news, Kenny Galladay at 2-6. Talk to us about that, Mr. Garcia. I think, just think that uh, Detroit's offense this year is super undervalued. Uh, that's probably where Galladay should be going, top end wide receiver one, uh, and he's not, so that's my statement of the draft. 
And Nelson, what do you think about firing Galladay there? Don't be afraid to offend Mr. Garcia if needed. No, because, I, I mean, I'm never going to speak poorly about, you know, someone reaching for a player that most likely doesn't make it back to him in the middle of the third round. So, to me, you know, I don't really care about, you know, following ADP so much. I just get – that's why, you know, when you look at, like, my third list, I have, you know, several players that go in the top three, four rounds. So I'm more condensed at the players that I'm looking at. As they get picked off, you know, I'm reaching for guys that, you know, if you're looking at it from an ADP standpoint, um, you know, probably, you know, get picked a little early. So I'm, you know, I'm never going to knock that pick. Yeah. I, I mean, it's about a round earlier than he goes. Um it's it's not quite Derrick Henry-like, but it's a pretty good one, taking him against ahead of Hopkins. The thought about taking Galladay versus Hopkins, Mark. Oh, my goodness. Galladay versus uh, Hopkins with the possible COVID-shortened preseason and camp, and you have a wide receiver changing teams. Uh, it's likely that the volume is going to be there for Nuke, and he is elite, 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 uh, but – kind of piggybacking off of Nelson a little bit. Uh, that's kind of criteria for me for a top two round fade. Gotcha. Uh, Crack, unlike last year where I know you were not happy with the way the draft fell to you, I think you have to be very happy um, with Josh Jacobs falling to 2-7. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him go in, in the first round. Uh, so, Look, uh, we we all know how there it well. Guys, try not to yell out while someone's talking. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, that that was a safe pick. Obviously, I could have went Hopkins there, uh, you know, to get those two top uh, wide receivers. But uh, in my mind, uh, the Galladay pick just uh, – you know, freed me up. So, you know, a guy with first round potential and also just, you know, a, a guaranteed of 15 to 20 carries uh, per game, you know, there's no one there competing with him. I know everyone's going to knock his PPR, but this kid is, uh, you know, showed his wherewithal, even with a shoulder injury last year, uh, you know, took his medicine, came back and was, uh, you know, good for a thousand yards and, and if I may there. jump in, because we got to move it along a little bit, um, yeah. I, I think it's the perfect thing. Uh, you know, when you go with Michael Thomas in the first, and then you're able to get a value on a running back in the second, that's that's really good. Exactly. Um, let's go to uh, DeAndre Hopkins to Triple H at two eight. Another really good value, uh, and that's with uh, Miles Sanders, who's a huge reach. Um, that Nelson and Hub uh, are doing. No, just, uh, you know, yeah. And then the other, my other reach went at 2-9. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire definitely has the talent, whether he will be able to get the opportunity in a COVID-shortened preseason will be interesting. Uh, Godwin goes to Austin Martin and his partner at 2-10, leaving Nelson for Odell Beckham at 2-11. We've seen Odell Beckham go 
a lot earlier lately, we're starting to see him go in this spot a lot more. Uh, Nelson, um, I know you, you, you talked about this on your own live stream when you took him, I think, uh, a little. I think you took him at uh, 212 in your other draft. But you got to be, I know you're pretty high on Odell Beckham this year. Yeah, I, I think he's one of those wide receivers that is not getting drafted like in the top five that, you know, when you look at it at the end of the year, if he was the top fantasy wide receiver, you know, this year, you know, would it really surprise you? You know, it's, you know, it's not too far long ago that, you know, Beckham was considered uh, an elite wide receiver and he's dealt with some injuries and he's dealt with some, on the field uh, issues, um, and I and I think he's kind of lost some of that elite luster. And but I I think he's still that good. The problem with him last year was he was changing teams, uh, and it was his first year on a new team with a new quarterback. Um, that's always the then he got hurt. My book. And, and he got hurt. And then, exactly. And I was going to you know the last thing was that in the preseason. You know, he he popped up um, on the injury report with with something, and then it was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, th- they made nothing of it and said, you know, he would be fine, but he wasn't fine. You know, he wasn't he didn't play healthy all year. So those were two big kn- knocks on him, and I and I expect a big rebound year from him. All right, uh, then we go to uh, Fantasy Mojo, who got a really interesting combo. Aaron Jones, um, I, I really feel like Aaron Jones should be going here more often than he does uh, with all the warning signals. But um, it is it, along with Mark Andrews, that gives a very interesting um, thing. I'm on the clock, but I'm going to finish my thought. I've got a couple people I like here, uh, so I'm very happy. Um, so um, then what happened was uh, uh, Nelson took Amari Cooper a little early. So that's an inter- real interesting start uh, with a, I, I won't mention what I, I, I'm thinking of. I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. And then uh, James Connor to Austin, Mahomes, Evans. Oh, wow. Evans to Triple H. And then Crack, uh, you got uh, Lamar Jackson at 3-6. Uh, and Gurley at three seven. Mark, talk about Gurley at three seven. Gurley is one of the running backs in kind of that dead zone of round three that I really like this year uh, to be able to be a top six, seven, eight running back. So that kind of middle to lower end RB one. Uh, there's a lot of landmines in the third round, uh, but with the you know one year prove a deal with his health with the amount of load that he carried towards the end of last year. Uh, and really I like his weekly floor with um, the amount of targets that I think he should see every week. Gotcha. Crack talk about your pick. Uh, Lamar typically goes a little earlier. I'm not surprised to see him. who's got the kid in the background. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Um, Lamar at three. Uh, if you're not talking though, you could mute. Uh, Lamar at three six um, is a um, you know you got to be pretty happy with Lamar at three six. Uh, a, yeah. a little bit different. 
Yeah, again, you know, just like Jacobs was a value at two, uh, and we're just speaking about Todd Gurley and the landmine at three for running backs, uh, you know, this is a, a value pick here at six with Lamar Jackson because, you know, in my mind, you're getting two players in one. You know, obviously the the, the TDs were out of control passing-wise, but you know, when a guy runs for 60, 70, 80 yards a game, you know, that's a TV right there. So, uh, again, uh, really a no-brainer, so I don't have to reach on some of these uh, running backs that are supposed, you know, kind of landmine-ish. And I feel like uh, that that was was good to have a number one QB, number one wide receiver, and, you know, a decent RB to start, so I'm happy. Yeah, I, I think that uh, last place is not in your future this year based on, you know, I think, you know, we talked about you maybe being coming out of the draft last year, maybe being the weakest team. Um, you, you know, you get a lot of credit for keeping it as competitive as you did. Um, but you're a much different year uh, this year. I took DJ Moore at 3-8, a guy I'm very high on this year. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Dan, give me your thoughts on my taking DJ Moore there. I love DJ Moore there. Um, you know, he's a uh, number one receiver in, uh, offense. That's going to get a, a, a big turbo boost from, uh, one of the most innovative offensive coordinators from the college ranks and uh, a much better quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater than what we saw in Kyle Allen last year. I mean, if DJ Moore could do what he did last year with Kyle Kyle Allen throwing him the ball. Uh, just imagine what he can do with a competent quarterback and a, a good offensive coordinator who's got a little bit of imagination. So love the DJ Moore pick. Yeah, I, you know, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, after going running back, running back, I was a little bit afraid that the best value on the board on my board might be another running back, and I didn't want to start three running backs. So I was happy there. Uh, we do have some flag planting. Uh, First, Leonard Fournette went to Scoundrel. I think he, he's a guy that's been pretty much a fade for me. Um, and then Gordon and then Cam Akers going. I've seen him go in the fifth round lately. Ron going with uh, Cam Akers at 311. Nelson, your thoughts on that? Well, I just men- mentioned about Mark uh, liking his Galladay pick and reaching for guys when you feel like they're not going to make it. Um, I probably can't say the same <laughs> for uh, Ron taking uh, Cam Akers because uh, he is a fade for me. So I, I think, uh, you know, that that's a super early pick for a guy that I think is going to be part of a committee that has uh, an O-line that's not very good. Um, I think they're going to lean more towards the pass heavy. So, And I think well, Henderson is going to... I think Henderson might surprise people. Um, in in general, we got to get in and out of these uh, comments quicker than normal. I'm sorry to cut you off, um, but oh shit, I'm on the clock. Um, uh, that, that was an easy pick for me. We'll get to that in a second. Dan, talk, Dan, talk about your your turn of Jonathan Taylor and Adam Thielen. Thielen, an obvious homer pick. And uh, and Jonathan Taylor, the rookie. 
Yeah, so uh, I mean, Thielen is more than a homer pick for me. I mean, I, I, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Come on. <laughs> I'm really good at separating my my uh, rooting interest from my fantasy football, but I think Thielen is in a absolute smash spot this year. Love love what he's got going, and uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I'm just betting on the talent there. Um, I think he's going to shove everybody else to the side, and he's he's going to be a force coming down the stretch. So that's that's what I was thinking there. Uh, all right, and then uh, we went uh, – but you did pass on Juju and Allen Robinson. No, I um, passed on A.J. Brown. I didn't pass on Juju or Allen Robinson. I passed on A.J. Uh, Brown. Let's get this uh, right. Uh, okay, come on. okay. <laughs> all right, so then uh, Ron went uh, – so back uh, – kicking it with Mixon is Evan and uh, Evan and Noah. Uh, Gordon, very good value at 310. And again, coming back with Allen Robinson at 4-3, I would have loved Allen Robinson to make it to 4-3. Once again, though, Scoundrel taking a guy that I had a little further down my board and Calvin Ridley. Um, Evan and uh, Noah are going to be dangerous right now. Um, They've got Gordon, Cook, Robinson, and Hill. If Cook plays, they're going to be – Dangerous. Uh, I took Zach Ertz at four or five. Nelson, to me, that's a no-brainer. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think you know any tight end really, other than uh, Kelsey and Kittle in the first couple of rounds, is uh, they're overvalued this year. Uh, so, like Mark Andrews, to me, I think is just not a very good pick in the second or third round. But Ertz who's been, you know, pretty consistent the last couple of years, I think in the fourth round is actually a good spot for him. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, my thought there is that he is a, uh, you know, people forget, and this is why Andrews is a fade is he's not a, you know, he's a big play touchdown guy. The 1.5 points only counts if you get receptions. You know, Ertz is a guy who can get you 80 to 100 receptions. You add that extra point, half a point, and now that's like somewhere between 120 and 140 catches. So, yeah, I was happy with Ertz in the fourth. I don't take him very rarely in the third, but in the fourth, uh, all over it. Um, Mark, I didn't want to spoil your thunder too much pre-draft, uh, but um, you're definitely uh, – oh, you did take a running back. You got Todd Gurley. Uh, so Mark's draft is now Gurley, Galladay, and you took Robert Woods at 4-6. Speak on that. Yeah, Robert Woods is another guy uh, who has the potential to finish top six at the position uh, for wide receivers this year uh, that is not being treated like it, similar to Galladay. So I like the pick there. I didn't think he'd make it back and took a stand. Got it. Uh, crack, David Johnson, 4-7. He's a polarizing player uh, for a lot of people, but we saw how much uh, work Carlos Hyde got. Um, I'm of the opinion that David Johnson was injured more than washed uh, the second half of last year. Uh, I'm guessing you feel the same way. Yeah, I, everyone um, is, is pushing uh... – running backs down and going heavy wide receiver again, going value here. David Johnson goes into a role which has been completely vacated. So uh, just by, you know, 
the analogy is, look, he's getting 15, 20 carries, whether uh, he likes it or not. Uh, I'm not worried about Duke Johnson. So, again, his PPR is great, and uh, I'm getting value there, uh, you know, in the fourth round. Uh, so I'll take that all day, considering that I took Lamar in the third. Triple H took A.J. Brown. Dan, you know, you've been the one pushing up A.J. Brown's ADP <laughs> I'm, from the I'm sorry, beginning. I'm sorry, I'm going to need a minute here. I, I, I just can't go on. <laughs> uh, how, much, how much of the A.J., you know, like where do you really see A.J. Brown's value this year? A.J. Brown is one of those guys who, you know, he, he's in such an interesting position because he has the tools to make you drool. Um, you know, everything about his profile points to he's got just absolute smash status. But you got to worry about the volume in that offense. So, uh, you know, if, if, if he was on a prolific offense, I mean, he would be going uh, in the first round, I think, this year, uh, at the very least at four, the turn. 4-8, are you buying or selling that pick? Oh, I'm buying all day at 4-8. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup went 4-9, and 9 is um, the other Todd, um, which not scoundrel, uh, fantasy uh, fool, and Kurt Keeks. Yep. Uh, Le'Veon Bell to Austin Martin at 410. I'm seeing Le'Veon go there more and more often. Um, I think every day and twice on Sunday for Le'Veon Bell that late. I know Adam Gase is an idiot, but um, Mark, what do you think of uh, what, what, what do you think of uh, Le'Veon Bell at 410? I love Le'Veon uh, in that middle to late fourth round, which he's falling there more often than not. So I love the pick there. Volume is going to win and he should again like we were talking about earlier with uh early he has a pretty safe weekly floor uh as nelson takes my fifth round early chart Mm. Mm -hmm. ah all right so let's get let's move over there nelson chris carson at 411 um you know there obviously are some injury discounts and injury concerns obviously you're not concerned at 411 uh, how much uh, Carson do you have so far, though? Uh, this is my first Carson share. Um, wow. He, he's, actually, he's actually on my fade list, but I kind of got trapped into him a little bit. Um, I, I think even when there's a guy on the fade list, I, I think there there's guys that everyone ha- kind of has a price, and I felt like that was pretty late for a guy like Carson if, his hip checks out okay. I I think he's going to be the lead back on a very good offense that's going to be run heavy. So I'm willing to uh, take a shot on him uh, there. And, and, and his receiving volume has gone up every year. So it has. Um, that's it, a, that's it, a nice it, little bonus. Yeah, I mean, I I I I'm not. A, he's one of those guys that I'm not against, but I'm not drafting. If that makes sense, um, where he's going. Uh, Mojo with Kareem Hunt, um, the firm on uh, Twitter, uh, th- thought I was going to uh, cuff Chubb in the fourth round with Hunt. You know, again, that's why you do 25 or 30 of these things. 
so you don't have to. My leverage on my Nick Chubb pick in this round is all the teams I don't have Nick Chubb on. You don't, um, you don't try and if you're go, if you're that concerned about Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb, then you don't take Nick Chubb in the second round. So um, that that would be my answer there. Um, and then a guy who has been going up a little bit um, lately, uh, no, uh, the franchise Nelson with DJ Shark at five two. Uh, Five three. We've got um, we've got Darren Waller, which I think is a good value pick. Tyler Lockett um, at five four. Again, that's a guy that is a little bit further down on my list. Mostert at five five. That's about where he goes, and that gives uh, Triple H two running backs and three wide receivers. Um, and I'm up in two picks. Uh, Nelson, uh, well, Crack, uh, anything out of the last few picks, Crack, that you think is interesting or that you would have faded yourself? Uh, yeah, I just had a pick there. Uh, I would have, uh, you know, I think Chris Carson was, was a steal, cream hunt a, a, a little early. And uh, I, I like that Tyler Lockett pick a lot. That's who I wanted. Uh, and now I just had to kind of uh, go with Keenan Allen here as uh, another value pick. I've seen him go even later, but uh, people are really down on Keenan Allen. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I wish I had more Keenan Allen. He's one of the most talented receivers in the league, but the concern about the quarterbacks, um, and, and and there are two concerns. There's quarterback, and then there's the fact that there's so many other weapons. So I had two guys on my board that I wanted, and Mark didn't take either of them. I thought that there was a good chance he was going to make my decision for me. Mark, I'm going to have to run for a second after I make my pick. So I'm going to let you do two things. I'm going to let you talk about David Montgomery after I'm gone. Um, You can talk about my pick and then throw it to, uh, and then throw it to Nelson to ask him his, his thoughts on the last few picks. If anything stood out to him. But before that happens, I I, I think I got to flip a freaking coin between two wide receivers here. (laughs) Yeah, I know who you're flipping to. Uh, I flipped and I don't like it. I'm still going to take the guy I really want. In this league, I'm going to take the guy I really want over the guy that they were so even. I was between McLaurin and Sutton. I don't think that's any surprise. Mark, talk about Montgomery, and then you guys can talk about my pick. I'll be right back. Yeah, so Montgomery uh, is basically a floor pick. Um, I don't like him in the fifth, which is typically where he goes on the standard builds. But with what I did with going, you know, kind of not neglecting running back, but uh, I could have used some floor some weekly floor at the running back position um, for the beginning of the season. Uh, That's really what that pick was for. Um, Basically going Kels, Galladay, uh, Gurley, and then Woods. 
I felt I needed a little bit of weekly floor to start the season. Yeah, I I think, I mean, Montgomery, I'm not a fan of Montgomery, but I get it. You know, he's going to see volume. I just don't think that he's that a, exciting and explosive to do much with with that volume. Um, so it's like, it's one of those picks that you make in the fifth round that's, it's not going to kill you. It's just, you know, when you make the pick, it's just kind of blah. Yeah, and I'm normally, I mean, we've even argued on the same side on Twitter about that pick exactly. Uh, I'm normally on the... I, I just got, I just got back, pick. though. Which one are you arguing about? No, we were talking about Dave Montgomery still and the fact that I'm typically on Nelson's side there where I don't see really in the top five rounds you're looking for upside. Uh, and as you go on, you're you're sacrificing a little bit of floor. So it's inverse of kind of what typical draft strategy would be, uh, Dave Montgomery there. But um, with kind of how I built this roster, uh, the, the early season weekly floor uh, – which I think is a little bit more pertinent for this year than any other year. Uh, I, I decided to make that pick. Anyone uh, have a thought on Sutton versus McLaurin? Yeah, I mean, I knew, I, I, I knew that that's who you're, <clears throat> you're flipping on. Uh, the, the thing about McLaurin is just, uh, I'm just worried about the skins, uh, the, the team itself, and and the quarterback. He seemed like he really didn't have a real nice feel. I love McLaurin and and his ability. I just don't like so. Uh, that's my biggest. My, my my counterpoint to that, and Nelson, I'll let you. I know you wanted to jump in. My counterpoint to that is that they've added so many weapons in Denver, and you have almost as many True. questions about the quarterback um, in yeah. Denver. And I feel like the, the deciding factor is I feel like Terry McLaurin can be a true number one without any real number two yes. there. Nelson, your thoughts? Target share. Target share. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any stats to back it up just, but just from off of memory, watching the games last year, uh, Sutton seemed to, uh, his production went down when Drew Rock took over. And I'm a big fan of Noah Fant, and I'm I'm a fan of what they've you know done uh, in the in the draft. Uh, bringing in Gordon, I think they're going to have a more consistent run game. So I you know I worry a little bit of, about you know what the expectations are of Sutton. I think he's going to you know he could disappoint. So we go back. Thank you, Nelson. That was excellent. Um, we go to kicking it with Mixon, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Very, they, they took him over Sutton, which I think is a really interesting choice. I had T.Y. a little down. I started with a ton of T.Y. early in this year, uh, but he was going in the sixth. Uh, Mark, uh, Sutton or Hilton for you? Honestly, I agree with their pick, Hilton. Uh, I have a lot of concerns with Sutton. People are going to point to the wide receivers that Denver brought in, but to me, it's more than that. You know, you're talking about drops. You're talking about focus issues. Uh, so I, I I, could stand behind T.Y. over Sutton there. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, co-sign on that too. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with it. I just had Sutton ahead of him. 
Uh, because again, I'm trying to win a tournament and I just feel like, um, that is a better way to win a tournament. Um, Ron went with Sutton. Uh, he got the, what I guess you could consider the value. Dan doubling up at running back with Geist. There's a lot of concern. That's a little earlier than I see him go. And Dobbins, Whoa. Dan, I'm on the clock. Uh, I know who I'm taking, but why don't you talk about um, about that? Okay, so I had Dobbins and Ingram both, uh, you know, in my queue there. And if this was a standalone league, I probably would have just taken Dobbins and Ingram. But, uh, you know, with a, a contest league, you've got to make your bets and you got to put your money down on who you want. So I'm putting my money down on Dobbins. And then instead of Ingram, I took Geis, uh, just because I know he's got the tools. Uh, the only question is his health. Um, you know, his his offense isn't great, but, uh, you know, we've, we've seen uh, Christian McCaffrey run pretty well in an offense that's not great. So uh, if Geis is healthy, I think he's going to be a smash there. Um, uh, all right. Um, Evan Engram goes to Ron at 6-2. Let's take a quick look at his team. Um, Engram, you know, the big concern with Engram to me, Nelson, is the uh, the injuries. Uh, what do you what do you think of Engram there? Talented tight end that you know has been injured, but you know, in the sixth round at that point, I I don't worry too much about injuries. I I'm more concerned about injuries like in the first couple of rounds. Um, right. My my issue with him is more of you know just in terms of the Giants, you know, there's only so much, so many targets to go around. You've got Shepard, you've got Slayton, you've got Tate there, and then you've got Saquon who's going to command a huge share of, of touches. So I, I don't know if the, the upside is there. Yeah, I, uh, I, and I worry, I've, I've talked a lot about this on uh, Twitter this year, that I think the Giants' pace it, you know, people are thinking that offense, it, you know, besides Garrett being slow paced, you've also got the fact that uh, this Joe Judge seems like a Neanderthal 50s throwback. And I, th- I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him try and Adam Gase a bunch of 17-13 wins. Um, my pick of, uh, okay, so then Singletary went to Evan and, um, you know, good value at 6-3 for Evan and uh, Noah. Scoundrel, again, taking a guy that I had a, a little bit further down with Tyler Boyd. Um, I had a couple guys I really liked there. Uh, but one went to crack. So, um, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I took Will Fuller because this is a, an FBG. And it's a huge if, but if he's healthy, I think he's the first or second round. I mean, a second round pick. Um, He's clearly more talented to me than Cooks. He's got the familiarity with the quarterback. Um, I know Nelson and Dave have done a lot with Fuller in these drafts too, uh, but I'm big on the Will Fuller opportunity. Mark, First, I'm going to go to you, Mark. You, you know, you got Gallup. Was Gallup the guy you wanted all along? In the sick, yeah, Gallup was my guy, uh, especially with the roster construction that I have going here. Um, I've got pretty solid weekly floor, so taking the, the weekly ceiling with Gallup where I 
he has a legit chance to be the wide receiver one in Dallas, and I'll argue that till the day I die. Okay, someone just said I should take a look at Twitter. Guys, it is really difficult to keep all this moving with and, and get, you know, uh, all the picks. It's not like when I'm doing my own draft and I love the interaction, but I will pop over once we get into uh, a, a little bit later and we get through some of these key picks. Um, all right, so that goes to you, Crack. Uh, Devontae Parker, I actually had a little bit ahead of Fuller on my board, but my rule is in a league like this that's kind of a trophy league, uh, you know, play with the guy that you really like, and I, I just like Fuller more than Parker, but that's some pretty good uh, value for you at 6-7. Yeah, uh, the way I was counting it out, uh, I did not see Fuller and Boyd and Gallup going before Devontae Parker and Diggs. So uh, I wanted Devontae Parker and Diggs. Again, I always want the number one guy versus the number two guy. Boyd conceivably is number two. Fuller is 1A, 1B. Gallup, again, 1B. Devontae Parker is 1AAA in Miami. That's the problem. But, you know, just give me his targets. He finally finally showed what he can do and uh i took him over digs just because uh, the whole thing in buffalo has me kind of scratching my head so i've got a lot i've got a good bit of digs he's been dropping lately i think too far um but again i you know i i was real happy with my team um as far as, you know, I, I just feel like with DJ Moore, McLaurin, and Fuller, I've just got a ton of explosive options. Uh, Nelson, what's your thoughts on um, Diggs, Parker, Gallup, Fuller, Boyd? Uh, give me one second. I'm on the clock. If you can come back. Oh, sorry. Sorry. All right. So let's, let's just get everyone caught up. Diggs went to Triple H. Um, I, I am pretty sure he would have preferred uh, Fuller. Uh, Jarvis Landry goes to Studs and Suds, um, which is uh, Kirk, right? Isn't Studs and Suds Kirk and, and Fantasy Fool? Um, yes, Dak that is correct. Six, Dak at 6'11 to, um, to complete. To, to complete, you know, I didn't want to ruin that for Nelson earlier when I noticed Amari Cooper and uh, Zeke, but he he does complete the stack with Dak. I bet he thought that uh, Gallup was going to be there. Were you hoping to get Gallup back at seven two, um, Nelson? Oh, Nelson, he went before that. He went before Dak. Uh, but were you looking to get Gallup and Dak uh, out of these two picks, Nelson? No, I, I was okay with just having Zeke and Cooper uh, as part of the stack. Yeah, I, I don't like necessarily having both of the top uh, wide receivers. In the tournament rounds, if it was a one-week deal and I was double stacking like best ball, I, I, I like having two wide receivers with the quarterback, but to, to expect two wide receivers and a quarterback to go off three weeks in a row. I, th- I think that's a lot to ask Nelson. No, I, I agree. It, I mean, you, you have to have da- Dallas uh, basically being 
two shootouts, uh, full-fledged shootouts out of the three weeks and hope that, you know, Cooper does a little bit, Zeke has a big game, and then it's, you know, between Gallup. It, it, the upside is just not there um, during a three-week sprint. So I think, you you know, a stack is good with a quarterback, wide receiver, you know, running back or quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, something like that. But I, I don't think we need to uh, overload it. Yeah, I, I think it's better for best ball uh, tournaments where you can stack up two teams on and then, you know, hope that one team goes off one week in the playoffs, another team goes off another week in the playoffs. Um, we got uh, Marquise Brown at uh, 6'10 to Austin and his partner. Um, there was a run at wide receiver there. I feel like he got the back end of it a little bit, but he also might have ended up with the guy who scores the most fantasy points. Mojo with Ingram uh, scooping the value, Ingram going about a round later than he normally does, and Tyler Higby. Dan, what are your thoughts on Tyler Higby this year? Um, I mean, he is, um, you know, he had that great finish, but I, I I tend to be wary of great finishes. So I think sometimes they mean something, but in this case, there's just a lot of moving parts in that offense. Um, I, I, I'm, I have Higby a few tight ends later. What's your thoughts? I think that uh, with Higby, if the Rams run a lot of 12 personnel, he's going to smash. Um, and I do think the Rams are going to run a lot of 12 personnel. Um, I think he is the answer. The Rams have committed to him rather than Everett. So, uh, Higby is my bet. I don't have any problem taking him where uh, Mojo took him. Nelson, um, Gasecki's your boy. Uh, would you have taken uh, Higby over Gasecki? No, Hig- Higby's on the fade list. I, I just think that uh, Higby, some of his damage that he did was also towards the end of the year whenever it was banged up. And I think that... Um, with a healthy Everett, I don't, I don't believe that we're going to see the production that uh, Higby put up. I mean, it was kind of historic, you know, the the numbers that he put up in that like, what was it, four or five weeks? At, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, if I can interject, yeah, I I wouldn't expect that, but I I do think he's going to be the number one tight end there. All right, so I'm on the clock. And I was uh, thinking of block. taking someone, but there's a little bit of a value situation now. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Mark, uh, while I'm thinking here, I, talk about, well, crack, uh, crack, go ahead, crack. What, uh, you talk about your, what happened before yeah, your pick. No, I, I, I just was on Twitter and just timed out. Uh, I was trying to get you some info and, uh, I don't know if so they're going to let me roll right? back. Yep. I don't know if they're going to let me roll back that Marlon Mack pick. Um, oh, I think they'll let you roll it back. Go okay. ahead. Uh, you got to um, talk in the chat. Go talk in the chat. Yeah. And while you do that, we got Austin with uh, Austin. I'm glad I didn't say who I was talking about with my value pick, but uh, Austin <laughs> with Brandon Cooks at seven three. Uh, let's take a look at his roster construction. He had three running backs, three very good running backs. So uh, that I'm sure that wide receiver run uh, didn't um, 
didn't go necessarily as well as he liked, but Cooks is a very reasonable option there at 7-3. Uh, the wide receivers are moving. Uh, Deontay Johnson over A.J. Green, the studs and suds, and then Triple H, I don't think he's a big A.J. Green guy, but at 7-5, at 7-5, I think A.J. Green is a very, very good pick. He's he's one of those guys that I haven't been drafting because of the injury history and the age. Um, I don't know why the commissioner isn't addressing your question. I, I would crack. I would. I wouldn't even mention. You know, don't complicate it. Just say that you timed out and you know, okay, like because I, sometimes you know. The guys overcomplicate things by, you know, asking so many yeah. questions, you know. So <laughs> there, there you go. So your issue is your multitasking. Just, you know, come on. Just, you know, roll it back. It's only two picks. You know, let them have Henry. Move on. Yep. Let's let's see. Uh, and then um, I agree. And, and, and uh, all of us, I think, on this podcast, you know, we're, we're multitasking. I have no problem. Let's see. You know, Justin just seems he asked a question. You know what, crack answer. Answer and say that uh, um my uh, I was multitasking and my cue was uh act, you know, you got to you going to you have to answer his question. I was multitasking and my cue had an error. Crack? Yes, I'm doing it. Uh, I got so much. Uh, it says direct. Yeah, currently selected Hunter Henry. I, I had him. Uh, uh, I don't know why. Oh, so it. just type that. Just type yeah, that. I did. And, uh, I did. Okay. You can look. You you didn't explain it very well. Shit. Try again. This is Justin we're talking about. There you go. Um, okay. Currently selected Hunter Henry. Hey, could you guys also type in real quick that you want, uh, that you want him to get Henry so that, you know, there's like five or six of us saying it. All right, he's going to fix the pick. Good. All right, we're good. All right, I'm going to delete my house check. Yeah, I, I apologize for that stuff. Uh, uh, obviously, I didn't want Mac. 
I was on Twitter. I had him in my queue. Yep. Let's. Okay. No worries, buddy. Okay. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so a Hunter Henry, I love that at seven six. Uh, but the only question I've got is, you know, you, you've now got him and Keenan Allen. Yeah, I, I knew I knew that was coming. And, and the the answer to that is, uh, you know, sometimes you uh, you have to do that. Uh, so sometimes you just gotta, you know, say what the fuck and just take the two and, and worry about it later. Yeah, I, I I've got no. Uh... I think that you don't pass on the value, the guy who is a clear value um, for um, that kind of thing. So I'm on the clock. I'm going to make a pick. And then, uh, Mark, you're going to talk about your Edelman pick, and I'll be right back. Um, I think the Edelman pick was a mistake, too. I think he meant to leave him for me. Uh, I'm taking (laughs) Kyler here. So uh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Edelman's another guy that's super solid weekly floor. Uh, I did a full breakdown on what to expect in the New England offense for this upcoming year, and he's just being perennially undervalued. Yeah, yep. no, look, I, I was looking at him. The, the, the only thing I have on Edelman is um, – you know, just w- w- what their their plan of attack there is and, and what the other wide receivers are going to command. Uh, but, yeah, the, the floor there is nice. Uh, just the the upside is, is limited, but uh, a very solid pick in the seventh. Uh, I, I passed on him just because, uh, you know, I thought there was going to be a run on tight ends. There isn't, so th- that was my mistake. Uh, but maybe here come the run on tight ends as we come back. So I didn't want to get left holding the bag on tight ends uh, you know, by the time we got back to me. And uh, there's, there's other receivers value-wise I think I can pick up. Just hoping it gets to me, though. All right. I'm back. Uh, all right. C.D. Lamb. Wow. Uh, Lamb wow. and Cook. At seven twelve and eight one, Dan. I think there is very little chance Lamb was making it back to me uh, at nine twelve. So it was now or never, and uh, I just I wasn't liking what I was seeing at wide receiver between now and then. So I'm taking. Yep. I uh, before that uh, two guys. I was planning on taking my guy Damian Williams, but then Kyler popped up. Um, any thoughts, uh, Crack, what are your thoughts on Kyler Murray uh, mid to late seventh round? No, it's it, – look, Kyler Murray is great. What I want or what I would hope to see out of him is more on the run, you know, if he can run more. Uh, he seemed to be dropping back a lot more and not using his legs, out, you know, a la Lamar Jackson – but, I think uh, I think late in the season we saw him do that more. Um, I love that Noah took. Uh, I, I, yeah, I I think they ran him did more designed runs as the season went on, and I I don't think it's surprising that they protected their rookie number one pick a little bit early. Um, 
Keyshawn Vaughn going uh, uh, to Ron over Ronald Jones. I've got Vaughn over Jones, uh, Mark Garcia, and then Nelson. Just real quickly, which one do you like better, um, Vaughn or Ronald Jones? Uh, I'll defer to Nelson on this one. Nelson, uh, Ronald Jones, or Vaughn? I, I prefer Ronald Jones. And that leaves me to my pick. I guess that's kind of cheating. Um, I didn't mean to. Um, I uh, Tony Pollard at 8-3 to uh, Evan and uh, and Noah. That's, that's a, yeah, Tony Pollard at 8-3. That's a little bit of a parlor pick. Uh, Darius Slayton at 8-2. Lamb, a bunch of guys going that uh, – a bunch of guys going that are uh, pretty interesting – um, boy, I am in a tough spot here. I've got a couple running backs on the board, and then there's one guy who is a better value. Um, boy, I, I got to stay true to my brand and not take Ronald Jones, don't I? Ah, fuck me. All right. Um, You're going to take him. <laughs> Todd, that's why I deferred, dude. I, I'm Ronald Jones, and I was hoping you wouldn't take him, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I, I just, I just, I, and I don't blame you. You know, that's, it's tough when we're doing this like this. I, uh, Mark, you know, I got to. No, I'm telling Mark, he was supposed to text me and sit and tell me that I don't like Ronald Jones. <laughs> that, would, that would lock up uh, Rojo for him. Well, I, I, I think that, uh, all right, guys. I gotta I, bow I, out. It was a pleasure. I'll still be drafting though. All right. Le- okay. Good. Mark's leaving. Um, all right. So, um, well, oh, anybody want to throw out thoughts on my taking a second tight end with Gronk at eight five? I lo- I just like the value of Gronk there, and you know, if 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 he is what you know, I've got two good running backs. Um, I need to start building some running back depth, but. I, I feel like Gronk, you know, still has that upside um, after a year off. Nelson? I agree. I think he's going to be a red zone target. So, uh, you know, he's probably not going to see, you know, any crazy reception numbers. But with the uh, with the touchdowns, I think he's going to be solid in that offense. He'll, he'll be a poor man's Jared Cook. I, I, I kind of, I'm going to disagree a little bit in the, and I started off just like fading him completely, but I could see him getting 50, 60 catches. I, and I guess that is Jared, right? But I, you know, he, he is really good in the seams. He's had a year off. If he stays healthy, he might not catch a bunch of dink and dunk, you know, 10 yard passes. But I, I think if he catches four balls a week, you know, besides, the only short ones I think he's going to be catching are the ones near the end zone. Um, what What are your thoughts, Crack, on that? Yeah, well, your team build is exactly the same as my team build. The problem with Gronk is, in my opinion, is is just being on the field. What percent of the snaps do you think he's actually going to be on the field? And uh, that that's my problem with him. You know, OJ Howard's gonna play, and then you have 
uh, Evans and Godwin and, and uh, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't like the upside on Gronk. Uh, I, I think he's, he's really contained to a one hit wonder. Whereas who I took Hurst, I think is going to get more targets and, uh, you know, receptions are everything at one and a half. So uh, you need those receptions. Gronk like can get that. 60. Her, her, you, know. you know what? I think that's very fair. Uh, Hurst is a guy I haven't been drafting. He's got the draft pedigree. He's he's in the system. He should be. His path to 70 catches is a lot better than Gronk's. Um, I, I, I will say that. Uh, let's talk about the Pollard pick. I think we got to go back to that. Um, yeah, that's the early, that's the earliest I've seen him go. I like Pollard a lot. I think, you know, I I, I liked him a lot more before C.D. Lamb was drafted because I thought he could be a really great. Um, I thought that he could be a really, you know, he could fill in into that, you know, Randall Cobb role from the years ago as like a third wide receiver get some running back catches, get the, the, the different plays. But with Le- a lamb out there, I'm a little worried. Uh, Dan. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, Noah's uh, definitely an expert on the Cowboys and uh, he's always been a big Pollard fan. Um, I, I think it's possible that I might've sniped him with lamb. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, and he kind of came back with Pollard, but um you know, Pollard, I think even if Elliott doesn't get hurt, if he just continues to progress and uh, and uh, the coach uses him the way that uh, we, we think he can be used, he's going to be a good pick. So I, I don't mind him there. Uh, I'm not sure I would have grabbed him. I would have probably taken Ronald Jones over him, but uh, that's just me. Now, is Fantasy Mojo just effing with us um, or just effing with the franchise? He uh, he just uh, oh. he he just uh, you know I love Antonio Brown I loved him in the 13th I loved him in the 12th I I had 50 percent early uh, in this contest <coughs> but then um, you know that that's a lot of you know not were you going to take him at nine two uh, Nelson uh, I was going to. Take him if uh, Matt Breida wasn't there. I I actually like Breida in the Miami offense, so I was going to uh, take him and then see if maybe he came back. But I knew that the way I had built this team, um, I was actually targeting uh, Brown at nine two possibly if I uh, if I was light on wide receiver, uh, just because of the upside that he could bring if he. Uh, signs on with a team before the season. Yeah, I uh I, I, I like that. And and I think that uh I I, I you know I almost took Brita uh to me it was Brita and Jones pretty close. Uh are are you more Brita or are you more uh Ronald Jones if you had both of them on the board? I'm more Brita because I, I think he uh has a little bit more involvement in the passing game. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree. And uh, so, uh, but Antonio Brown at 9-1, so he was on your radar. So he wasn't going to make it much further, most likely. 
Uh, Marvin Jones, you took. Uh, I think that's a really solid pick. Another guy I don't have. Uh, your boy Fant and Hawkinson, two guys that you tend to draft a decent amount of, I think. Um, I don't follow all your drafts. Um, I know your ex-partner is, you know, a pretty, pretty good uh, Hawkinson guy. We're getting a little bit of a tight end run. Uh, were either Fant or Hawkinson ahead of Brita for you? No, because one really my decision, I think, uh, in the seventh round, I, I felt like wide receivers were cleaned up. I didn't want to reach for Deontay Johnson. He was kind of like the next guy on my uh, list. So I went Gesicki. Once I went Gesicki, the way I built the team by taking the early quarterback in Dak to complete the stack, I I don't want to leave myself short, you know, in the flex positions and um, having, you know, a pretty good, you know, wide receiver play because uh, I – I tend to draft teams where I don't have running backs in the flex or tight ends in the flex. I actually prefer wide receivers in my flex. It's just my style of drafting. I don't have, you know, anything really, you know, other than that to offer. But um, once I took the sticky, I wasn't going to go double up at, you know, tight end on the following turn. Gotcha. Uh, crack. Uh, uh, well, Debo, we should talk about Debo going at 9-4. That seems to be about where he settled in. And um, I, I, I think that's a, a fair price for him. Uh, I would have considered him at my, uh, at my pick if I didn't feel like I needed to take a third running back. Um, crack Goddard. Um, did you have Goddard ahead of any of the tight ends that went before him? Or was he just the next tight end up and that's who you wanted? I I actually I have Goddard pretty high. Uh, this uh, I know he got punched in the face, but uh, here's another young. He didn't uh, get punched in the face. He got knocked cold. Yeah, but, he, um, he got he got cold cocked, but uh, he'll be fine. The, the thing is, uh, he was the last tight end uh, on my at least level list or tier list, and then it just dropped off a cliff. So uh, I'm going to scoop him up. I'm now set there. And uh, to me, there's way more value at running back and wide receiver late than there is tight end. So get them while they're good. You know, I, I see people with, well, there's a team with no tight end. So uh, uh, tight end premium is, is huge. I know, Nelson says he doesn't like to play them in the, the flex. I will play them in the flex all the time, uh, especially if they're getting targets, and it's all about targets. Exactly. I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, all right, so let me just catch up. Sorry to cut you off, Crack. I'm going to come back to you in a second. Uh, hold on. I know Mojo was said he was going to try and call in. Mojo, welcome hey. to the party. You guys are killing me, man. Killing me with these these freaking receivers. So I'm just I'm on I'm on the end on scooping up the value at running back, but every time I'm getting sniped all over the place. I was gonna take Marvin Jones and then Nelson took him. So and I've only got 
two receivers there. So I'm like, all right, so I got to take Antonio Brown just in the hopes that, like, if he hits, I can sort of, you know, catch up at receiver. Um, but, uh, yeah, the receivers are going way more than I thought. Like, the, the receivers are going all ahead of where I expected them to go. And when you're drafting on the end, you're just at the mercy of what's left to you. So these runs going back and forth, it's just, you know, it's it's draining. I was going to take well, Marquise Mojo, Brown. I got to agree with you on that. I'm sitting at the other end, and you and I have basically identical builds. And uh, it's been the same thing. I just keep getting sniped. I, you know, I'm watching all the receivers just vanish out of my queue as it comes down the. Room. Yeah. So I, it's, well, uh, it's tough. Left, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded Christian Kirk um, last round to go with. Uh, I, I needed a running back, but if Kirk was there, I would have taken him. Dan, um, go ahead, Mojo. Talk about a little bit more. You know, you're coming in a little late. Talk about. Um, you know, a little more on what you're doing and then uh, whose drafts you are kind of uh, a fan of so far. Like I said, everybody's, everybody in this draft is smart and they're waiting on the quarterbacks for the most part. And I thought that there would have been more mid-tier running backs going. And so, but that's going later than, than I thought because everybody's, you know, the hot thing now is people doing the zero RB, but you're not really seeing that too much in this draft. Um, so so I'm loading up, but that's why I jumped on the running backs to, earlier because I expected there would be some, you know, while people were grabbing those mid-tier running backs, I, the wide receivers would be falling to me, but they're really, they really weren't. So, um, And then Higby, and I agree with, uh, with somebody made the comment that, yeah, well, Everett, is could is going to be back and could take some um, of the share away, but it, the upside is there. He he's done it, so you know I don't expect it to happen necessarily, but it, it's definitely a probable outcome. Um, and I love Andrews, so I'm not really worried about him. I mean, he's probably going to get 25 percent of the the targets in that offense. So um, I, I'm I'm happy with those with those tight ends, but uh, everybody right. else, I mean, it's pretty balanced. Uh. Uh, Dan, you took uh, Kirk and Lindsay, I think. Uh, but right before you, Miko Hardman went, a guy that I'm high on. But I think 9-11, I think uh, that's it. I took him in one draft just simply because there was a huge wide receiver run uh, early. But in general, I'm a, more a fan in the 11th or 12th. But he has league-winning upside. Um Nelson, yeah, I had uh, I had Crowder, Hardman, and Kirk in that order in my queue, and of course Crowder and Hardman both went uh, immediately before my Kirk pick. So that's would you uh, have taken two wide receivers if that had happened? Oh, I would def. I was hoping to take two wide receivers there. Lindsey was kind of the fallback pick. Gotcha. Uh, and then Ron came back with Tevin Coleman. Uh, before that, scoundrel got Janu, uh, who's definitely. The, the Janu and Jarwin have both started moving up. Uh, 10-8's a little later, uh, perhaps, for Jarwin than he's been going. A nice value for Triple H. Crack, uh, you're going you, you're gonna to love me again. I went Daryl Henderson over Mike Williams. Well, uh, again, uh, the San Diego's just keep uh, falling to me, and now I'm forced to take now three of, well, basically the, their entire team. Uh, and, and that just shows you how much hate, not hate, but just how much distrust there is 
for the quarterback situation in San Diego, uh, Tyrod Taylor, who uh, I think is is capable, uh, you know, is being treated like they're, they're going to have no quarterback and they're just basically going to maybe pass 10, 15 times a game. I think it's just the opposite. I think they're going to be chucking it left and right. And Mike Williams in the 10th, you know, for a draft where all the wide receivers are going as the two, one and 12 mojo just mentioned, uh, you know, look, I'll take it all day. That's why I was taking those three tight ends in the middle because all the wide receivers are gone. So those tight ends are actually my wide receivers now. So uh, uh, I'm good with it. Yeah. I I feel like, um, you know, what Nelson had said, about, you know, I think a lot of the sharp guys prefer to have uh, wide receivers in the flex. Um, and, um, you know, obviously, I guess the thought behind that is, is the consistency uh, for if it's a good enough uh, wide receiver, especially if you can get a number one guy, um, you know, in the seventh round. Uh, but I, I think that could be in a draft like this, why you're seeing the wide receivers go. Uh, people want to have them for the flex. I had three that I really liked, and I was a little more concerned about backing up my running back, so I went Henderson. But Mike Williams was right there, and and that's and that's where doing this while podcasting and trying to keep six things going, it's you, you know you're just not going to have the even when I podcast when it's just me you have more uh, ability to think when, you know, and then it's not like, Hey, you're on the clock. But uh, anyway, enough about my whining Mojo just took Preston Williams and Boston Scott, two excellent picks. Latavius Murray, another excellent pick. Austin getting Mack in at 10, 10 is a great value. Uh, Tarek, uh, Tariq Cohen at 10, nine, uh, Jack Doyle at 11, two. So, um, a lot of, lot of interesting things going on here. And then, so uh, talk about Murray and Doyle, Nelson. Nelson? Sorry. Uh, what okay. was the question, Tom? Uh, the question was your last two picks, Doyle and Murray. Yeah, so I wanted to, even though I, I'm really high on Gasicki, um there is a pretty good possibility that he could not pan out. So I wanted to back him up with a reliable tight end play um, for my second tight end. And I didn't want to wait, you know, too long on that. I think Jack Doyle is going to be pretty solid this year with uh, Philip Rivers, Rivers at quarterback and with Lat Murray, it's just more of a, an upside pick. You know, if something was to happen to Kamara, I feel like Murray, you know, would be that, you know, true stud, you know, running back um, that uh, becomes like an RB1. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's uh, very, very good. Uh, a guy I thought about taking last pick, Zach Moss, just went at 11-5. Uh, not not too surprising uh, that we're getting um, the running backs. You know they're going to start going now after the wide receivers. Uh, Tom Brady at eleven three. Uh, I know that's someone Nelson has been high on, especially if he can stack him. And let's see, he does have Godwin. So 
Um, yeah, uh, Austin uh, has the Tampa Bay stack there, and Crack Rockster. Uh, but we talked about Mike Williams. Oh man, Crack! I think I hate you. I I, I was uh, probably going to back up Drake with uh, Edmonds if he was there. Um, it's okay. I I I have I, I had someone higher on my board. And Darrington Evans now gone. Uh, I need a fourth wide receiver, so I'm going to take one. And uh, it's Anthony Miller. Um, not a guy I necessarily love, but uh, Dan, uh, thoughts? Uh, uh, well, um, uh, Mojo. I'll thoughts, give you my thoughts. Uh, I had him first in my queue. That's my thought. Miller? <laughs> yes. Okay. Jerk. So, so I should feel good about the pick? <laughs> or bad, I mean, your choice. Uh, well, you know, this is definitely a no-guilt zone when it comes to sniping. Um, and crack uh, Chase Edmonds, if Drake goes down, I mean, boom. And look, when you get to after the 10th round, you hit the 11th round, that's when you start needing depth. And uh, there's – out of you know between Pollard and Madison, those are the two top ones, and uh, I think Chet, you know Edmonds is probably three or four on the cuff lifts a- after that. Just what he did in that one game before he pulled his hammy and that whole controversy when everyone said start DJ that day, and I had so much Edmonds, and then Edmonds had three touchdowns that day, and no one, everyone sat him. Um, so I think he could do the job. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Fordham alumni also, so I, I like Edmonds there. I just – the thing that I'm finding is th- this Dallas Cowboy love is, is out of control. Uh, C.D. Lamb, eight. Uh, Dak, you know, why is why is the, the offense of Dallas just out of control right now? I'm, oh, I, I, I know why. I know why, because Jason Garrett's gone. They were hyper efficient last year, and now you might get a pace bump. Uh, I, that being said, I think you know to ask. Uh, I don't care how talented. Uh, to me, when I watch C.D. Lamb, I look at a guy who's going to have to do more than what he did in college, and it might. I think he's going to do it. But whether he's going to do it as a rookie more than just win jump balls, I'm not so sure. Uh, Nelson, you watch a lot more tape than I do. Um, are you high on Lamb the first year? I don't think it was the best landing spot uh, for him, but I think Dallas got a steal because I actually think Lamb was the best wide receiver in the draft. In, in terms right, of for two, three years from now. But for fantasy for this year, but for this year, I think he's going to be inconsistent. You know, yeah. I, I, and, and I, I kind of agree with yeah. Uh, I kind of agree with Crack that um, you know, eighth round, you know, what are you really getting? You know, th- there's other wide receivers that you can grab uh, that went after him that are like, you know, number ones or like one B's in their offense in terms of targets. And I don't think Lamb is, is going to be that guy, even though he's super talented. Yep. It'll be interesting. I mean, I, I respect Mr. Williamson a lot, 
but uh, that was a bit of a surprise for me. Scoundrel took uh, Sterling Shepard, Ian Thomas, the kicking it with Mixon. Guys, uh, by the way, um, I can only set a podcast for two hours live. Um, so for those listening live, you're going to lose it um, in a minute. But uh, we're going to keep going here, guys. I'm, I'm good to go as long as, as all you guys are. And people will just have to listen to it on uh, playback. Uh, Dan got his wide receivers. Were you going to take and kill Harry? Were you sniped again? Um, no, I mean, not really. I mean, he was, he was an, among the guys I was considering, but I, you know, it wasn't like a huge deal that he went before me. Uh, I was pretty happy with Judy and Samuel there too. So no big deal. I was, I was much more, uh, the, the Anthony Miller pick was the one that I really hated. Uh, but you know, he was the last guy on a tier. That's why I took him. Yeah, uh, and there's and there's one other guy that I have in that tier actually uh, that you didn't take, uh, who I'm going to be forced to take, even though I prefer to go running back next and get my fifth running back over my fifth wide receiver. But let's see what Scoundrel does. He took the running back. I will take the wide receiver. I think Brashad Perriman. Um, I, I I'm really high on Brashad. You know, I I think. For all the talk about Crowder being the clear one, um, I, I like Perriman. Um, Nelson, thoughts on Perriman and also on Antonio Gibson. Um, I think Perriman flashed last year um, and kind of showed some of his potential when he was a first-round pick and kind of busted. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's And Darnold hasn't had a receiver like that. You know, I know he Crowder's his safety valve, but anyway, um, Mojo. Uh, okay, who just picked them? All right, so McFarland went to high low. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you also about Antonio Gibson. Uh, Nelson first, and then Crack Rock on Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I'm I'm high on Gibson. I think he adds a different element to that offense, and I think he's going to be used. Uh, they're going to figure out ways to get the ball in his hands. So he's kind of going to be like a, you know, a gadget player. Um, in the first year, I, you know, I probably liken him to like a, you know, three Cohen type. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think he has a lot of potential and, uh, and I, I know there's been some stats out there. Crack your thoughts on Gibson. Yeah, he, uh, he has been going so high, and, and what's going on there in Washington? I mean, what do they have? Fifteen running backs there. I mean, you got I AP, you, you got uh, Peyton Barber, you have Darius guys, and now all of a sudden Antonio Gibson, the rookie, is going to come in and, and uh, be the the guy to take all these vets and just sit them on the bench. There's just no way, especially with a team that is so you know, still building right now. Uh, I, I just think this is rookie love gone awry. Uh, the, the whole rookie, you know, rookie wide receivers, name one that's had a big year uh, in, in their lifetimes. If you go back in history, I mean, there's very few rookie wide receivers and running backs drafted that late that actually produce. So, for me, uh, I took Justin Jefferson for one reason, and that's because 
he comes into a situation where it's not C.D. Lamb, where he has Cooper and uh, and Gallup in front of him. He doesn't have anyone in front of him. Diggs left, so he gets slotted in to become a starter, and that's what it's all about. You, you need to be on the field to score points, and uh, these rookies uh, very rarely see the field for a lot of percentage of time, and that's what scares me. I really like the Duke Johnson pick to, with kicking it with Mixon and then Ian Thomas. They're not here to talk about their draft, so I am going to pull up their full team, read it. Josh Allen at quarterback, Duke Johnson, Damian Williams, Melvin Gordon, Singletary, Pollard, and Cook, six running backs, four wide receivers, Crowder, Robinson, Hilton, and Hill, Ian Thomas at tight end. I mean, the obvious thing, Dan, there is the uh, mojo. The obvious thing there is, uh, Ian. you know, I like the team, but Ian Thomas is your number one tight end. Um, that, that, is that a little concerning to you, Mojo? Uh, that's, that's kind of tough. Um, but you can grab um, – they'll grab more, and then some, someone will shake out out of that group. Um, so they have to probably have to attack it with volume at the end of the day. Um, Nelson getting his boy Campbell a few rounds early because he knows he won't be there for him next time. Mojo uh, with uh, the homer pick of Deshaun Jackson. Now I'm going to duck while he says it wasn't a homer pick. <laughs> and uh, make a lot, a, he's going to make down it. On him. I mean, he's going to be healthy to start the year anyway, so how long he lasts, who knows. Uh, he certainly played great when he was healthy. One game. <laughs> Boom. All right. Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I do think injuries become more of an issue with an older player, especially a speed player, a guy who, you know, depends on his speed. I always say the first thing to go is speed. And when you're an elite guy, uh, it, it doesn't take much to drop down. Rugs just went, uh, went, uh, he, he just, uh, so Mojo, um, stacked up Wentz with uh, Deshaun, and uh, and uh, I like Rugs. I I think Rugs is the you know I think he is misunderstood Nelson, um, in the sense that he is a guy who everyone thinks of as this deep threat, but he was used on short plays and then he took them long ways. Um, and I think that fits with what John Gruden does very well, scheme guys open. Um, uh, uh, how much rugs do you have, and how happy are you with the pick? I've been, um, I don't have too much rugs, but I, I started to like him more and more because I, was, I went back and I saw an interview that they had done with uh, Mayock um, after the draft. And he talked about that, how they they feel like they have a vision for Ruggs and how he fits the offense well. And it makes sense to me, you know, based on how he was used in college and kind of, you know, the limitations for Derek Carr and and everything. So I actually think that he could, you know, step right in and be, you know, that high target wide receiver that they're they're missing in their offense, you know, besides uh, Waller. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, a real good value lately. 
By the way, uh, we just got the 60-second notice for the live portion of the podcast to go. Um, For you guys who are following the draft and want to hear the rest, this draft, you can pick it up at the two-hour and one-minute mark when you start. And, uh, you know, we'll keep going. And about 10 to 15 minutes after we stop stop podcasting, the link that I gave you – will have um will work and you'll be able to listen to the rest of the draft um i like chris herndon in the 13th a lot i he was way on top of my board um there was another guy similar that i think is a pretty good value still up um and then um justin jackson a guy i probably would have taken the triple h Took and Naheem Hines to crack. Um, crack, I'm not a fan of Hines. Uh, I, I don't have much. Um, and then uh, I won't call it a reach, but LaVisca Chenault to, uh, to Hilo. Um, but crack, talk about Hines. I mean, I, I just, I just don't know. I mean, that, you know, he just hasn't shown a lot to me. And I just worry that Marlon Mack, who has talent as a receiver, might be used more as a receiver now that they're not counting on him to be the first and second down back. Well, well, that didn't prove out last year. I had Mack last year, and they did not. I mean, to throw him a screen pass was like, uh, you know, a one in a million uh, a shot. And Naheem Hines is a returner, and uh, – one thing is is just the quarterback. Look at what Philip Rivers did with Eckler. So, Todd, you're about to time out. Oh, you got it. Yeah, I, I got it. He's he, he's a filling guy, but he's a guy who can conceivably be, uh, you know, Tariq Cohn or James White, uh, and that's what I envision for him. Uh, I did see the coach say I wouldn't be surprised if he got ten catches in one game. So. If he's going to play exclusively on third down, uh, that could be huge. And uh, I think Taylor screws uh, uh, Mac a lot more than he screws Hines. Hines has that PPR upside. So uh, at, at this point, I, I'm going to go with it as a fill-in for a, you know, maybe a four or five catch guy a game. Uh, Eric Ebron at 13-9 went one pick later. If it had nothing to do with build, I really felt like I needed a fifth running back because we're really running out on the – we're getting to the complete dart territory for running backs. Um, But um, I I felt like Eric Ebron was was the top guy on my board at that point. John Brown going to – John Brown going to Evan and uh, and Noah, and I think that's a good pick. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to Ron. Staff, that's interesting. Uh, Dan, you took uh, Stafford and Golden Tate. Uh, would you have taken Rodgers over Stafford, Dan? No, I would not have. Yeah, I, I like – well, I, I, I could see going either way. Let's go look at uh, Ron's team. Let's see. Does he, he, he does have that? Devontae Adams, so it makes sense Dante. for him to take the, the, the Rodgers-Adams stack. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Um, I am going to take the last running back on my level. I don't have much of Raquel Armstead. Uh, God knows what they're going to do there. And, but you know, you, you do it. The hardest thing in these uh, drafts, um, you know, Nelson uh, is to find a running back on the waiver wire. Wouldn't you agree? Nelson, yeah, yeah, waiver wire running backs don't exist unless an injury happens. So, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the, the cuffs, uh, keep coming here. Uh, this pick is just because, uh, Everyone hates him, so I'm going to find the wide receiver here in the 14th that I think has some value maybe, uh, especially if anything happens to D.J. Moore. Hey, you want all my backups, you bastard. <laughs> well, you know, look, they signed Robbie. They gave him $10 million a year into, uh, you know, he did play a temple with the coach, so uh you know, they're, they're going to scheme to get him the ball. You know, I'm a big Jet fan. I, I know what this kid is capable of, and he has unbelievable talent to go up and, and high point the ball, whereas, you know, DJ is is a different type of receiver. So if you want to talk 1A and 1B, you know, uh, Michael Gallup is drafted in what? Uh, in the sixth round, but uh, Robbie Anderson, 1B in Carolina, is in the 14th. So, you, you know. You keep it, mispronouncing Curtis Samuel. Well, uh, <laughs> look, you know. Look, I don't know. That's, the, that's why they both go when they do, because right. we don't know. Uh, we just don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, honestly, I would have taken Robbie Anderson if Golden Tate hadn't been available at the turn there because then I could have stacked Samuel and uh, Robbie, which would have worked out very nice. I almost did it anyway. But uh, I just I, I, I like the floor that Tate gives me, and I've got, I've got a lot of receivers that I, I needed somebody who could give me a little bit of floor. So I took Tate. Yeah, Curtis is is interesting. They just use him completely different. He is that, you know, almost, uh, you know, gadget player, uh, H-back type of, you know, get him on the screen pass, uh, get him some runs actually as well. So, uh, you know, for me, the X wide receiver is Robbie Anderson. And, uh, you know, the Y is is obviously D.J. Moore. So uh, if C.D. Lamb, the third wide receiver in Dallas, is going eight, uh, then uh, I'll, I'll take Robbie Anderson as a third wide receiver at 14. So uh, they're, he, he's a really good player that is not getting any respect. But uh, in the wide receivers are, are, are thin, I'll, I'll take that in 14. Yep, I uh... – you know, I, I, I had to make a couple suboptimal picks to fill out my running back room. Um, Mojo just went Lazard and Bonifon. A little early for Bonifon, but at this point, um, you know, everyone is a dart. Uh, Mike Boone to the franchise. Um, yeah. And we also uh, just saw the three top defenses go pretty much boom, boom, boom. Um Craig Bonifon uh, is my, my COVID-19 insurance pick. 
for uh, McCaffrey. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, I think Mojo had definitely had to take him there because I don't know if he would have made it back. Nah, not, not, you know, 24 picks later. Right. Crack, crack. What is the value of getting one of the top three defenses in um, this tournament? Uh, I think it's zero uh, because no one knows who the top, defenses are going to be it's complete crapshoot based on last year so why is the pit defense the best explain to me why they're so good it it is just uh, in the 14th round to take a defense that you have no idea I mean look at New England New England last year you know people were grabbing an 18th 19th 20th pick and they led the league so you can't predict defense that's just it just doesn't make – I don't buy it at all. I've never, ever drafted a defense that high. And that's one of my uh, things that I just never do because it's just so unpredictable. Yeah. I, 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 I find I, it I, – Go ahead, Dan. No, I, I, I'm just – I'm watching this running back run unfold here, and I'm just finding it kind of funny that, uh, you know, we, we've already talked about how – it, it's a desert at running back already, and and now we've got a run going again, just because every, everybody is looking for that last sip of water. Well, yeah, and that's why I took Raquel and uh, and Joshua Kelly. I, I think Kelly actually has a chance. Uh, I think he brings something that Justin Jackson doesn't, and um, you know, so I have him on a bit of a hot. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's not a dart throw. But I'm saying it, 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 you know, him and Armstead to me could have roles, you know, short of um, just, you know, where, where Boone, Bonifon, you know, those are complete dart throws, hoping for an injury, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, let's see. I'm going to now, and this is what I was going to say when we were talking about defenses. I'm much more likely to take the top kicker than I am to take the top defense. Um, well, and Tucker, yeah, be, and t- go ahead. Yeah, because, yeah, and that's the exact right because you actually are taking the player. You know who that player is, and you know that he can kick this. You know, Tucker can kick a sixty-yarder. Do I know that Baltimore's defense is going to come back and be tough? Do I even know San Francisco? Uh, and, uh, again, someone explain to me who is on Pittsburgh's defense that makes them number one. Uh, uh, T.J. Watt but, and Mika I mean, Fitzpatrick. But, but, my point is, but the point is, historically, out of the top three or four defenses, you get one defense that is the top three. You get one defense that tends to be five to, to, to seven or five to eight, and you get one that just is, you know, not startable most weeks. So uh, I, that's why I tend to go with, you know, and I took Justin Tucker because, you know, I, I think he, you know, he's, a, you know, while everyone else is taking darts at running back, you know, Tucker is a guy I'm going to be starting every week and feeling like I have an advantage. And, and that's a, a very good point. And, and I just go back a couple of years. The, if you remember the Jags defense was the no was going in the 12th round two years ago. Who You got to have the Jags defense after that year. Then last year it was the Bears defense that was going to be the no-brainer and people were drafting them 12 and 13. So 
uh, it's one thing to, about a player, but it's another thing about an entire defense that I, I find hard to believe. And, um, yeah, that's why, yeah, taking a, a kicker, look, you got Tucker. You, you know what he's going to give you. He's going to be a top three uh, kicker. There's no doubt about about that. You know, is Baltimore going to be a top is, three? Kicker is also, you know, historically volatile. But Tucker has been so consistent um, you know, I, 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 the, I, it's not as volatile and I'm getting, you know, there's a much better chance that I'm going to get something out of that pick than, a a, 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 a true dart running back. And, you know, I, I, I understand that you have to fill out your running backs and you need, you know, because like I said, and we never really talked about it, Dan, in, in these drafts, the hardest thing to get is is a a, 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 a startable running back. At, right. Yeah. Uh, For the most part, if you don't draft them, you're going to have a hard time coming up with one. Either that, or you right. got to spend about six seven hundred dollars a fab on one. Correct. Um, I just took jail and heard. I'm a little surprised he lasted that long. I'm going to let you crack. I'm going to let you take that, and I'm, I'll be right back. You guys just talk among yourselves for a minute. Yeah, talking the, about the, the, with the kickers, the, the only thing you've got to worry again, this virus thing concerns me with guys being inactive. Now, everybody's going to be – we're thinking we're, we're drafting premium kickers here, but you can't assume that that guy's always going to be available. I mean, there could be a volatility at the kicker position too this year. Um, so if you only got the one and you invested a high pick in it, so that, that might not be, I'm with crack. So I'll probably, you know, just grab one late, you know, just, I, I don't want to invest much capital into them. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying there, but on the other hand, I mean, you're, you're unlikely to lose them for more than two weeks and you can always grab a, a backup kicker off the wire. Uh, you know, but, but if you can get that strong early kicker, uh, you know, I do think that has value. I, I, I don't think defense is totally impossible to crack i mean i think you can you can figure out uh who the the top defenses are likely to be i mean just because there's always a couple surprise defenses doesn't mean that we can't figure out who some of the top defenses are more likely to be so i don't i don't mind the early defense but i think uh, i would rather go kicker first and then uh, grab my defense later but uh you know obviously not everybody shares that opinion and yeah, no, guys, it, it, you only you only need twelve of them, right? I mean, only twelve. It's not like in the draft, uh, the uh, the draft master, or the best ball, where you probably need three. So then you really want to get the the good ones early. Here, right. you know, they're only it's just twelve deep as, as far as it's going to go. Yeah, I, I just go on. It's the fourteenth round. There's players there that can contribute. Uh, what is Baltimore defense going to outscore my uh, whatever defense I take, uh, the Vikings? Uh, is it going to be 150 points? I don't think so. But uh, when you need some depth, whether it be you just look at the, the people, whether it be Robbie Anderson or Golden Tate or Mims or Michael Pittman versus a defense, uh, I'd, I'd rather have the player. Um, well, that, that's just that's, me. That's the key point for me. I'm not against taking a good defense if I feel that I've got a great squad. And I'll do it a little bit just to have exposure to the top defenses if I'm doing 25 or 30 of them crack. But, uh, and you probably do even more than that. 
And, uh, you know, but I, I won't do it. And I won't do the kicker either if I feel my team, my core positions are lacking. And I, I think that's the, that's the thought that goes through my mind. Crack yeah. Crack. Yeah, that, and and that's the key. In these tight, these drafts are hard as hard as can be. You have twelve experts who know every single one of their picks, and, and uh, so I I can't afford uh, to give up a fourteenth round pick on a defense, even though they, they may be uh, decent. I'd rather have some depth. Uh, you know, we know this COVID is coming in, so. Uh, I'd much rather have players than defense. I just, you know, New England was, was a freak show last year and no one drafted them. So name any other defense last year that produced besides New England. There wasn't one. So it, it made no difference. So the only defense that made a difference last year was New England and nobody wanted them. So no one won, ever won a fantasy championship because of the defense. That That well, is for not, sure. Not because they drafted them early. Uh, you could argue that, um, you yeah, know, you that, that, yeah, yeah. Well, I, and again, uh, it, I, if I feel that my team is solid and it's, and, and, you know, I'm a value guy, you know, uh, people are, are, are so caught up in upside. Um, and of course you want upside, but you know, that was the funniest thing all off, all, all off season was this whole thought that no one understands upside. Everyone understands upside. It's just a matter of, you know, there's still, it's still good to scoop value. And I, I, at any position, you know, I like to draft a team if it's going around, you know, I'll draft, I like, if a defense goes around later than it normally does, or I feel I, you know, all the guys I really like are gone off my board, then I'll take the the top defense. If not, I'll figure it out later. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hilo took, uh, the, the 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 I almost said the Clippers the Chargers, um, Mojo. Um, what's your philosophy on defense? I will. Well, if if I'm in a spot where nobody on and you know the targets I have, like I've drafted New England early a few times this year, but I'll tend to just take take them late. Um, like like Crack said, I mean New England New England did have a high win rate last year, but that was because people lucked into them. And the whole thing about exactly. the outside wins, wins championships, just to comment on that, that website caters to like the 90% general public that <laughs> doesn't know this like we do, right? So, I mean, we sit there and we're like, yeah, that's kind of obvious. But, I mean, you got to look at the audience that they're sort of tailoring to. Uh, I, I get that, but his comment was – and if he had made this comment, no one would have thought or said anything. He said no one does this. And he did it in a community that he's part of that's filled with people who do know it. And, and that was the only thing that got him heat in my book. Um, and and it, well, it was, was funny, like, as we were talking the New England defense, that's a defense that I still have, you know, right up there with the Pittsburghs and the other guys. Yeah, and, I got, and that's I, a great pick. I, I got them at 17-8. Now I've got maybe not the best chance at having the best defense, but I've got a good, de- a very good chance at having the top defense. I've also got the top kicker and, you know, and, and I, and now it's just trying to 
blend the rest of my team. And, and, you know, I, I, I got those two tight ends early and I haven't gotten one since, and I missed that next tier of tight ends. But other than that, uh, Dan, talk about your team, your overall build and how you feel about your draft. Well, my build is, uh, I, I, I'm definitely pushing more towards the last half of the season. I have a lot of players who I think are probably going to be a little bit more second half than first half players. Um, especially early on at running back, you know, Taylor, Dobbins, um, Lindsey, you know, if they pop, they're probably going to be second-half players. Um, Lamb is probably going to be a second-half player. Judy's probably going to be a second-half player. Um, you know, so I've got I've got a lot of guys who are second-half players. So um, in there, I've tried to intersperse some guys who I thought would be able to start the season off strong. Um, you know, Jamal Williams might, uh, strangely enough, uh, you know, he's – he was a running back one uh, many times last year, uh, you know, and I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that uh, with COVID going on and everything else that A.J. Dillon has automatically got that job, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to take some guys who will, um, who will do well early in the season as well so I can, I can kind of wait on the guys who are going to do better late. This guy's been dropping lately, and I, I really don't know why. Uh... He was very raw coming out of, I think it was Texas A&M, uh, very talented wide receiver, but raw. And now he is the third guy on that Ram team. I'm going with Josh Reynolds here. Uh, I'm starting to see him being available in the 20th round. But, I mean, in the 18th round, to get a guy who's going to be on, you know, I know we're talking about them running two tight ends a lot. Um, I think that Josh Reynolds is going to be on the field a lot. Crack, your thoughts? Yeah, the you know the the departure of Cooks opens up that third wide receiver slot. Whether they fill that more with Everett and Van Jefferson, who they drafted early, I mean, uh, as the wide receiver, um, yeah, he he could he could he could be very 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 solid. Uh, and, and at this point, there is nothing left. Uh, this is. When you have the pros in here at the 18th round, you there is nothing on the bone here. So, uh, yeah, those are the type of players you need to be drafting here in, in these late rounds. You know, you want to talk about upside? There's a player who who has that upside, uh, especially if uh, you know Cup, Cup or Woods uh, has some sort of injury. So, uh, a, a guy who's come on and, and obviously could be nice and in the 18th round why not yep and and that's that's one of the things that i always try and do mojo is i try and get guys who are talented um and and that's the and that's the whole upside back to the upside thing is you know you you know you take darts but you take darts who if they get the opportunity, have the chance to crush, correct? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. Are you on the board? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Um, no, I agree with what you said there, Todd. So, um, and and I actually was had Reynolds in my my queue, so you, you took him from me. But uh, so we only got a couple, or three more picks anyway. So. Yep, we're we're, we're getting down to the end. Um, you know, it, it, I really like doing this. I, I like having everyone on the pod. 
Um, you know, I, I, I really got to know all you guys last year. Crack especially I, I, it jumps out at me as, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget what Crack said at the end of the pod. Damn, Todd knows his shit. <laughs> you know, because, because before that, you know, you guys were like, you know, we're just going to roll these uh, the, these mid-level analysts. But, the, you know, the dirty little secret is uh, us mid-level analysts think we're also pretty good fantasy football players. And, and that's because we are. Uh, if you saw the, the, the variance between all our scores last year from the top to the bottom, it, it probably was the, the tightest uh, difference in, in mathematically that you could even imagine. The one thing I, I, will make... I, I said that in the early, right before you got on, I think. I said, you know, you came in last, but I, I think you had a chance to make the playoffs the last week. I, I, I did. I did. And that's when uh, uh, this just shows you you can go from first to last. So that's how tight it was. The one Especially thing in this week. Yeah. It, it was amazing. If you did a statistical analysis of, of all the other leagues, the difference between our points would probably be in the 99.99 percentile because we're all so tough. You know, there's no, we don't, you know, no one makes bad picks here. The one thing I am noticing about this draft is no one has drafted a second uh, quarterback uh, except me and Mojo. <clears throat> I mean, Drew Brees in the 17th round, uh, especially with uh, COVID out there. Um, it, it's just funny how uh, these drafts, everyone, you know, thinks they're so smart and realizes that there's no need to draft a second running, I mean, second quarterback, so no one does it. Uh, if I you remember, I, I took Kyler in the sixth last year, which was a couple rounds earlier than I probably should have. But the reason I got to the finals was I got to like the 16th, 17th, 18th round. I don't remember exactly. And I, and, and I finally looked over at the quarterbacks again, and I'm glad you just mentioned this. Um, and I saw Lamar Jackson sitting there. And I said, wow, Lamar Jackson, you know, his potential versus <laughs> all, all, the other, all the other darts that I'm looking at right now. And, and I, took, I took Lamar Jackson – and that's why I came in second place. Um, so there you go. Uh, I, uh, I I think you know I hadn't even looked over at quarterback between you know I'm not a big one for looking at what other teams are doing anyway. Uh, but uh, when you add in the fact that uh, when you add in the fact that uh, like you said COVID and 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 everything else, it's uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, so well, now I got, now I got a couple quarterbacks in my queue. Well, on top of which, I, I drafted Michael Thomas. So to have Drew Brees in the seventeenth round, I mean, you know, goodness gracious, if Even something if happens, to, you know, if something happens to Lamar and he pulls a hammy, you're on the clock, think, crack, by the way. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, oh, because it's defense, it's defense, and. Uh, oh. It's defense time um, or kicker. Um, this is this is what I do every time. I, I just look and uh, I'll click. While well, you, well, you're deciding, um, I, I'm going to say that um, my favorite, if I don't go Butker or 
um, Tucker, my favorite kicker is Matt Gay. And Mojo, you got him. I, I think, you know, I, the kid has a great leg. He's in a great offense. Um, and he goes four or five rounds later. I've got 25% uh, of him. So, Crack, I, I, I thank you because Baker Mayfield is still on the board in the 19th round. And I would be a complete moron if I didn't take Baker Mayfield in the 19th. I, I mean, you, you want to talk about upside uh, in, in the 19th round. Uh, and, you know, look, uh, I think Baker was going 7th, 8th last year. And now all of a sudden – uh, I think I started a trend because people were like, oh, shit, yeah, maybe I should get a, a second uh, quarterback. So that's um, – but uh, but other guys are very adamant that there's no need to do it because you can just stream them. You can, you can get Carr or you can get uh, Teddy Bridgewater or, or whoever it is, but you also can but get – But this is year that might have to change, though, because you better have two quarterbacks on your roster come Sunday morning. When exactly. waivers are shut down Friday night. You know, that's My, a very good point I hadn't thought about. Uh, Ron, uh, uh, oh, Josh Gordon and the Gardner Minshew. Um, yeah, I, I, took like, the, uh, I, I took the discount Antonio Brown in the 20th. And then you the all, team. where did, did Bridgewater go yet? No. Oh, sorry. Um, I I forgot Josh Gordon. That's that. It looks like he's going to come back, and I love Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I think Minshew's, what people are, are 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 forgetting about him uh, and why he's undervalued. Because sometimes I don't even draft the QB and just take him in the nineteenth round. Is his running ability? Right. Uh, you know, he ran for three four hundred yards last year and didn't play as much. But I watched him at Washington State, and, and he has he has some wheels. So. That's another added dimension to his game uh, that could turn out to be, uh, you know, I don't know, Lamar Jackson of this year. You know, who knows? He could be that type of guy. Uh, and plus, you know, we know Dan loves him uh, with his logo. So, yeah, uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the, the guy is just, you know, he's studly. He's just. He just knows how to chuck it. Yeah, I saw him at the. I used to watch those late night California games, betting. You know, at, at twelve at night, uh, try and make my money back. And, and Mitchu just always came up with with points on the over. I mean, the guy would just chuck, chuck, chuck. So uh, I, I like that pick. And another good point was the COVID. If you don't, you know, say one of your quarterbacks shows up and he's gone, and you don't have a someone on your roster. You're not going to play with the quarterback. That's a, that's a loss. Yeah, exactly. You can live without a kicker, but you can't live without a quarterback. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, I took Ooh. Andy Isabella to go with uh, Kyler. Uh, I had a couple other guys on the board that I liked, but uh, you know, it's so funny. Everyone was so high on Isabella last year, and he 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 doesn't get drafted in these drafts, and. Uh, you know, the reason everyone liked him is still, you know, accurate. Um, you know, I mean, you're probably going to cut whoever your 20th rounder is anyway, but uh, I, I took him. Yeah. Mojo, uh, well, uh, yeah, Mojo, uh, any last thoughts? You're, you're, we're heading to you. Well, you know, we were just talking about that, um, you know, the extra quarterbacks. Now, when we have these first waiver runs, 
that the first couple of preseason waiver runs, um, all these guys are just drafting the one quarterback. I bet you there's going to be a huge run yep. on those first waiver runs to stock up. Maybe even back up kickers, too. Who knows? Um, but they'll, they'll That's be another a, fair point. It, 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 it's going to be tough. You know, but at least you can win. You know, the one thing that's going to happen is there's going to be a lot more zeros this year than in normal years. And, um, it, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 boy, I, I, I don't like the fact that FFPC doesn't like let you have waiver pickups, you know, first come first serve after Friday normally. Um, and it'll be really tough for them to add it as a feature after everyone's drafted. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I, so I'm not I, sure why I, that is. That might, that might be a collusion thing. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with with that. I don't know why. Why that? I guess that it works. could be. I get. You know what? I never thought of that. I guess it could be. It, uh, it, it, Bridge it could, it could be. Yeah. Austin. Could be a collusion thing because you know that you could you know block someone out from getting someone if if they know someone else got hurt and there there is someone who was drafted who I've, that's the first time I've seen his name and Quintes Cephas uh, that's a new one for me yeah he's someone that uh, you know it's a Galladay backup and I know it's someone that uh, High Low is very high on but you. you know to, to me a guy like that. In, in a normal year would be a reach in a year like this, where you've got, uh, you know, just so many issues um, and we're done. Uh, Rex Burkhead, a guy who, you know, I've taken a couple times in the 20th and I think we're all going to look back at the, you know, like week three or week four. And, you know, Rex Burkhead's going to be a guy who, if there's injuries there, he might get, you know, he might get, you know, he'll probably get a role no matter what. But if there's an injury or two there, Rex is, you know, if you need a guy to get you five to seven points to hopefully keep you alive, you know, Rex Rex is a good pick. Yeah, especially with uh, Michelle being so iffy. So, uh, to me, he's, he's the first one off the uh, bench before Damian Harris. So, by franchise, he knows those paths very well, and, and he just enlightened me to, to kind of put Burkhead on my late radar list because uh, I don't know what's going on with Michelle. Uh, you know, that's that's a, a big question mark, and uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, well, and everyone thinks sort of... it's going to be Damian Harris, and you know, Burkhead. You know, Burkhead but is. Burkhead... Uh... Yeah, but he he can, he can catch the ball, and, and you know exactly. how much. Yeah, you know how much uh, Belichick loves that that dual threat. Uh, you know, even when Brandon Bolden, I don't even know if he's still there. So, Damian Harris didn't get any playing time. It didn't seem like he was uh, one of their favorites. So, you know, trust the franchise. You know, I also like his pick of, of Benny Snell on the 16th. That was a guy I was looking for, and I would have take over Lynn. Bowden, but Bowden was the, the backup to Jacobs, so that's why I took him. But or is yeah, Jalen Richard so, the backup? Anyway, uh, I, I do want to yeah. say that I, I, you know, I do. I've done a, a good number of. I've probably done forty FFPC best balls, and I've probably done. Uh, I think this is my twenty fifth uh, FFP. You know, FBG. 
between the two, I've got 18% Rex Burkhead, only 5% in, uh, and this is using Fantasy Mojo's site. I'm able to quickly look up by category. But in 28-round uh, in draft, I've got 32% Rex Burkhead. Uh, he's like free money to me in the 27th, 28th round of the best ball. Yeah, he just he just opened up my eyes to him. You know that um, that's another thing is you do these drafts, you learn. You know, I, I, I learned a lot here. Yeah. Well, and and you know the you know the reason that I have done twenty five of these. I mean, let's face it, five hundred thousand for first, thirty thousand for second. I mean, that's not a typical Todd Burroughs, Todd from PA type of investment. Uh, but the you know. I really wanted to compete against all you guys. And to do that the right way, I needed to build an exposure. And, uh, you know, I've gotten some partners who are going to help me with waivers and the financial end of it. Um, I'm still going to end up managing about, you know, 18 to 20, you know, 15 to 20 teams when the most I've ever done is seven or eight in my life. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I can't help it. The competitive juices, you guys are the ones who got it flowing. You, uh, you got, you know, guys like you crack and, uh, and Nelson and Hubbard and Austin, you know, I really want to see what I can do against you guys. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, as they say, great competition brings on great competitors and, uh, you know, it, we, we all are great competitors and we love to compete. And obviously it's not just fantasy football. It's just life in general. And uh, this is just a great way to be able to, you know, put pen to paper and say, okay, this is what I got. Let's see what you got. And let's see how you manage the whole year and grind it out. And we'll see how we make it, you know, to the end. I mean, look at our league last year. It came down to the last week of the, Everyone was counting 10, 15 points here or there. I mean, you think about that over an entire season to have uh, just a couple points separating top to bottom just shows you how competitive we are. And And, and that's why the draft is called the hard way. And that's a great place to kind of uh, finish this crack. Um, I'm going to give Mojo last thoughts, Dan last thoughts. And then I'm going to let crack. I'm going to let you take us out. So uh, as far as the last last thought, but Mojo, go ahead. What what are your any final thoughts? Um, actually, there might be some tournament winning teams in here because we've got some very different approaches. Um, so I, I thought it was going to be much tighter. I mean, it, it was tight, but I think there's enough diversity in these teams. Somebody might actually emerge from here um you know yeah i was was good i was surprised Uh, you know uh i I don't think scoundrels done many of these drafts kurt and kirk and uh and and uh fantasy fool todd uh they are you know have never worked together before um dan admitted he hasn't done too many of these Mark, you know, he, he, he stuck a, a flag in the ground on a couple guys early. So, um, you know, honestly, after the Derrick Henry thing last year, I, I felt no need to, to, to do that again. I, I just felt absolutely no need. You know, I made my point last year, um, and, and, I, and, and it paid off. 
I, I, I came here to draft the best team to try and win. Um, I, I kind of jumped on your, your thing, Mojo. A- any other thoughts before I go to Dan? Uh, it, like you said, we kind of played it straight here. And I remember last year, wasn't it Austin who drafted all three Ram running backs like in the first like Henderson went really early and Gurley and um, maybe Malcolm Brown. So if people were doing crazy things in there, it just it spiraled out of control, I think. So this one was a little more structured. So that was good. And, and that was the point I made early, if, if you were listening. The fact that we know each other so much better, I think, made everyone feel more comfortable to, uh, to do that. Dan? Yeah, I, I think there's a good variety of builds in here, and that's uh, it's great to see. You didn't see too many people, you know, kind of competing to do the same build or anything. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of different ways to attack it, and you can kind of, you know, if you, if you squint right at everybody's team, you can see exactly what they were trying to accomplish. So, um, you know, it just really comes down to who who is telling the best narrative with their draft right now um, as to who's yep. going to come out on top. And, and Dan, I think maybe I'll have you back on, and we'll do, kind of do a deeper dive. We'll get a third guy in uh, if you're up for it, and, and we can and we can find the time. Uh, one thing I did a lot of last year during the draft was kind of analyze everyone's team, and that really kind of set me back in the middle to late rounds. Uh, it's too much. It's too much to analyze everyone's team while you're drafting. I did it a little bit. Uh, but I think there's another podcast in here. If any of you guys want to come back and do it, kind of do a deep dive into the different teams. Uh, Crack, uh, last thoughts. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's some teams that uh, got a little overwhelmed, and uh, I think everyone was a lot more comfortable with each other just because we just had such a good time the past year just chatting and you know, Mojo does such an amazing job with those statistics and his website. Uh, Dan it just knows his shit back and forth. And, uh, Todd, you know, you're, you're as uh, smart as anyone with uh, your analysis and, you know, breaking it down. And the, the whole – yeah, no, but the, the and look, then you have the studs in uh, you know two winners in Hubbard and Nelson. So you, you can't really get uh, a better crew than that. Uh, if anything, I have this wild idea of uh, you know turning uh, our, our draft uh, into some sort of computer program where we all put in our rankings and then just uh, all pool our money and just draft against everyone. If anyone could do something like that with your background, I, I my ears would be open. Um, well, I, I also want to thank Nelson. You know, his Twitter persona can be abrasive as hell, but when you get him on a great. podcast yeah. like this, I mean, he's just such a genuine, nice guy. I think, you know, he says, I just really like to help people. I, I believe him. And, and it means a lot to me that, you know, with his, you know, status that he was willing to come on and give us time. Crack, I, I love you, man. I, I just think you're one of the most interesting guys I've ever met. Uh, and Dan you and Mojo, you you guys know how I feel about both of you. 
Really appreciate no that. And, 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 and again, uh, it's nice to see uh, a group of guys with some compassion and, and, you know, trying to help out each other in, in other ways, just besides fantasy football, if anything came up. And uh, it, it was just nice to get that uh, little friendship going uh, across the, this, this country. So, uh, you know, you know, props to all you guys for, for you know, for, for being sincere and, and uh, really, really nice thing we got going on here. Yep. Uh, I can't wait for the hard way three. Uh, hopefully all of us will continue to be safe uh, from COVID-19. You know, don't take that shit seriously. Crack, crack knows the being in New York, how serious that stuff is. Uh, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I, I do get political and, uh, but it isn't about being political. It's about being smart. We talk about fantasy football and being smart, and the right things, do the right things with your life and don't, and, and don't put yourself and other people in danger unnecessarily. And, uh, I love everyone who listens, um, and that's going to do it for this draft. That's going to do it for. The hard way, number two, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. And I'll be reaching out to everyone to see who wants to jump in, maybe in a couple of days, and do a uh, a team by team breakdown. So that's awesome. going to do it for the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host Todd Burrows. You can find Fantasy Mojo's information at fantasymojo.com. If you are an FFPC player and you don't have his stuff. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Dan Williamson, one of the nicest guys in the industry, at Overhyped Sleeper, lose the last E in Sleeper, at Crack Rock, R-O-K, Crack, C-R-O-A-K, R-O-K, correct, Crack? C-R-A-K, R-O-K, yeah, the double K. Yep. And, uh, and, that, and that's going to do it for me. Uh, I want to thank the FFPC. Um, I, I forgot to do the ad read when we started, but considering we spent the whole time talking FFPC, uh, I don't feel too guilty. I, I really love the guys over there, everything they do for us, and that's going to do it for this episode, folks. Have a nice day. Thanks, guys. Yep, thanks, guys.